Good evening, y'all. Hello, YouTube and I. It's happy Sunday to you all. Um, and not a happy so Sunday to uh, those whose teams uh, did not win today. I feel for you. My team lost yesterday. But we're here. Very special episode of the cover price end of the year report. We got our friends with us to talk about the crazy year of comics. That was 2020. And let's see who actually won those bingo cards I've been talking about all year round. But while we wait, oh, hold on a second. I'm sharing my own audio, so hold on. It's driving me crazy here. <laughs> Shout out to everybody in the live chat. But uh, let's get this uh, party started, man. Get a little intro music while you guys uh, while you guys are uh, in the tailgate. Now let's do this. Rewind, select town. Come again. Pull up that from the top to the very last. Who are you to make their lives bitter in hard bondage? In this, you shall know that the Lord Good, everybody. Welcome once again to the Lords of the Long Box and the cover price end of the year report. With usual, I got my man Dark Side Jedi and JB from Discover Bay Comics. And back again on the show, Matt and John from hoverprice.com. What's going on, fellas? What up, guys? God, I love that intro every single time. There <laughs> I start just from, dancing. That's yeah. from a man, DJ Curse, right out of there from Cerritos, California. Um, you know what, Matt? I'm going to let you set the over-under line on Star Wars books because somebody else is saying uh, it's going to be 12 or 15. What are you going to put the over-under on Star Wars books on this list? Let's say 10. All right, 10 out of 100. Yeah. All right, so just uh, <laughs> we got a long way to go, guys. We basically got a the top 10 of the top 10 of all the top 10s and then some. So um, once again, this is brought to you by our friends at CoverPrice.com. Uh, basically, uh, if you are a subscriber, you got this report also, but we want to break it down. Basically, as you know, Cover Price is tracking all the actual real sales data from raw and graded comics. Uh, they work hard to actually gather across sales from five different major marketplaces. I can't tell you which ones, but you can kind of guesstimate on what I've told you in the past. In 2020, Cover Price tracked the value of 2.4 million comics wow. collectively, representing. $75 million worth of comics sold across aftermarkets, and one Zora. person was available for half of that. The same guy who bought the Marvel previews in 95. As you can imagine, tracking these sales in just one year also provides us and our members with this rare end of year perspective. While some of these trends were obvious, 
many of of them surprised us as we I think we can all agree uh, 2020 is a year of first in combo collecting. I mm. don't know if it was definitely some pandemic related, just books in general, like people who bought Corona just because and that book ended up flopping. But it was just a time where people uh, spent a lot of time at home and people were buying stuff more online, more so than ever before, because, you know, obviously a lot of big purchases every year happen when people make their pilgrimage to well, their comic cons right a lot of comic book stores were closed too where else could you get them except for a good that? month and a half i think uh, they were closed until diamond uh until dc broke from diamond right that was the big news of the year if i think about it well it's it's interesting we'll cover it you know when we get to the end we'll do a bigger snapshot but uh, it was interesting where compared to last year it was pretty much the same in terms of sales but the trends shifted so much this year to like all the rule breakers, newsstands, set, you know, second, third printings. I think um, that was the major thing to me was the I prior to this year, I don't think second, third, fourth, even fifth printings had gotten uh, the love they've gotten this year. Yeah. But it, this year, uh, let's just say it's gone a little crazy. So yeah. and we'll go um, into a little bit more. It's really yeah. interesting once you get the full snapshot. Yeah. Of this so, report. Yeah. yeah. So what we're going to follow is the comics that sold the most units. So they fall in the category of all, which is graded and raw. Then there's a graded category. Then there's just variants, and then subsequent printings. Because you're going to know that was 2020. And of course, there was always there was there was the newsstand thing was big this year. Also, yeah. comics that had the high sales volume in 2020. Uh, so we're going to start off first with comics that sold the most units in 2020. Our first list sets off the highlights of which comics sold the most units from 2022, just about the end of two, or the end or beginning of 2021. In other words, we counted all the sales we collected for each comic and ranked them below. Also, just for fun, we're just showing you their total sales added up. You're going to be shocked. Graded and raw combined, right? Graded yep. and this raw. is all books, graded and raw. The ones that sold the most. We, we have a different list where it's just like graded or just raw, but it'll be called out before we get into okay. it. So this, one, this one's both. Yeah, so let me sh share your screen. And if you're a subscriber to CoverPrices.com, you'll have access to this data too uh, for a mere price of $6.99 a year, pretty much the cost of uh, two hamburgers. Or if you're in LA, half a hamburger. <laughs> or for uh, a comic book. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so obviously the first one on the list is one of my favorite books of the yeah. year that really just came out of nowhere. Ultimate Fallout number four, the first appearance of Miles Morales Total units sold 1,598. And this obviously is the aftermarket since this book came out in 2011. But total sales value, $637,860.16. And that was just for one 9.9. No, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> the combined total of all the units sold. And uh, this, I was saying earlier in the year, I said, man, this is totally the year of Miles Morales because right before the game came out, right before the news came out and potentially even more people I think are just expecting live action Miles Morales, which is inevitable, right? It's like Thanos. It's yeah. inevitable. Um, and, and also you remember like, you know, this book was selling for $75, $100 raw up until May. So for most of the year, it was still pretty reasonable. And then it just exploded. Well, do you remember then, uh, people find out there was actually newsstands this which i would say is uber rare to find a uh, newsstand cover 
for a book yeah. in 2011. I, I didn't even know they still sold newsstands in 2011, but yep. it's amazing what people find nowadays. And that's so, that's uh, just for this cover. That doesn't count newsstands. That doesn't count the variants. This is oh, just for the direct edition. The, yeah, yeah, we should have over-under for Miles Morales books in this list. <laughs> <It's downwards. laughs> no All right, so uh, number one is Ultimate Fallout. What do we got for number two, Ryan? Number two is another fan favorite, a new fan favorite. Book came out in 2020. This is You're the Villain, villain Hell Arisen number three. This is first appearance of Punchline. Total units sold for the year was 1,363, and a total sales of $78,306. I mean, that's pretty impressive that's, for a brand new character. Matt, is that just for this one cover? Just for that one wow. cover. And this cover dominated our list week after week. And I mean, so many people, this book was just a beast. And I mean, doesn't it feel like Punchline came out like three years ago? It really surprised me. I was like, wait, Punchline, wait, that was this year? Wow. It's still a thing. <laughs> well, if you remember, Punchline was teased already before she came out. Remember, there was right. already yeah. a kind of the way they built up the new Wonder Woman, right? It's kind of the one yeah. of the fewer smart things that DC has done uh, in the past where right. they actually promoted something, you know, right. before it came out. So there you go, man. P First we got Miles Morales, then we got Punchline. JB, what is the third book? Ah. Well, oh, man, we're going back to the well right here. Coming up next, we've got Spawn number one, originally published in 1992 from Image Comics. And check out the total units sold here. 1,215 units sold in 2020 for a total sales value of 53000 $765. What's the fun fact say here? Of the top five cover price members holding their collection, Spawn number one is the number one book. Wow, top five yeah. books. That's the number one it, book in people's people, collection. People don't realize, because um, it's just like a, a sneak book that just floats under the radar. No one really talks about it, but this book sells every week uh, consistently, like 30, 40, 50 copies a week, every single week, and it just floats under the radar because it's not a very expensive book, right? And there's no content, so no one talks about it. But everyone buys it, and everyone has it in their collection. Everyone wants it in their collection. It, and it's definitely for, like, um, our friend DJ Curse, who does uh, the, the mixes for our show, he was a collector in the 90s. So a lot of the stuff, and he yeah. stopped collecting, but a lot yeah. of this is nostalgia for people to oh, go, yeah. For I sure. remember Spawn or Spawn, the animated HBO series. And then yep. the, you know, who knows when we're going to see the Spawn movie. But, you know, Tom McFarlane <laughs> is one of those Donny Cates guys where they know how to promote yeah. their own things. By the way, Donny Cates is like Beetlejuice. If his name is invoked three times, that's when I throw up the graphics. So that don't count as one. So. one time. And, I think, and I think you're going to be My surprised. It's still affordable. Oh, absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's, it's one of those books. You'll see another book on this list that's one of those same books that you don't pay attention to but everyone has in their collection and it's a solid seller we'll get yeah, to, to, it, to me the holy grail of spawn books to me is the spawn black and white that's the uh the my black holy black grail black. is the error misprint the color uh oh. the one without the black ink oh. um that's my that's my golden egg there well now you're just showing off that's <laughs> no, i don't have it i don't i don't oh, have it that's your I, I know, but he's yeah. uh, mine was like you know uh, mine's only like you know four figures. His was like oh I got this six figure book. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, you go to any like all the cons out here have like there's one uh, booth that has it on their wall and it's always like four grand. You know? And they only do it for showing up. They don't yeah, if they yeah, wanted right. to sell They're it. They price it at, at a yeah, price. Yeah, yeah. Just, right. as a, just as a heads up, the uh, cover price 
consensus, like the raw comic right now, the average is about 20 bucks, you know, 18 bucks, 20 bucks. And, and 9 8 is going for around 113. So definitely totally affordable. affordable. Get it in your collection, right? Still and is, we, still, yeah. <laughs> we hate seeing steal. it all the time because it's our lists are all data driven, right? So we never we touch anything and it's always on the list and we kind of get sick of it, to be honest, sometimes. Yeah. But it's always there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a huge print run for uh, what we considered an independent comic. In it was a million, well, yeah, yeah. Million that's print a run. huge yeah. print run from a non-Marvel DC book it back in the day. I got I got I got to ask. I mean, you guys are better, I think, deeper collectors than I am in terms of like speculation and whatnot. Back in the '90s, when all the you know they started throwing out millions of copies of books, we all thought it was going to destroy the comic market. Now we're kind of seeing some of it coming back. Some of it kind of saved, like. Some of these books now are worth a lot. I'm thinking it's uh, because it's nostalgia. Uh, yeah. It's nostalgia, nostalgia and people would more uh disposable income, right? When we were teenagers, we couldn't afford you know, a ten dollar book was a wall book to us. You know, now people <laughs> yeah, would you know jobs and you know paid off their XYs, they can buy comic books. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's spawn number one. Let's see what's number four. Look at that. Batman number 89, which is really arguably the second appearance or cameo appearance, cameo, punch, appearance, yeah. cameo appearance of punchline. Total unit, total unit sold 1,105. You guys, you people spent $55,418.71 combined. I'm guilty of it. Yeah, it's all mine. It's all mine. Yeah, it's I, actually, all mine. I had this one and I have the art germ. I fell for the punchline madness just like everybody <laughs> else did. So, but, uh, but the collectors, I like her as a character, though. I don't yeah. think he's gone. I think they've, no. they've got a future with this. With this There's character. a lot they can do for sure. And with the the Harley Quinn Joker stuff, I mean, that's a that's a golden egg right there. Yep. I mean, you'll you'll see everything on this list. Marvel dominates a lot of it, um, and Punchline was really the only DC character to Spoiler trend. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's. But you want to like when you're going through this, it's no. it's really topical because it just showed how strong she was. Yeah. Um, and if DC's smart, they won't mess her up. Well, I think a year from now, when we do the show again, I think we're going to find that Future State and High Republic are going to dominate this list. You know, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait. I already can predict High Republic is going to do huge numbers already next week. So it's already, it's already in. in four days. It sold uh, almost 400 copies. So, so there you go. Tune wow. in Tuesday. I'm pretty sure it'll show up <laughs> on the list. So number four on the list is Batman number 89. By the way, we started backwards. So the highest one we want would first because I didn't want to scroll up all day. So <laughs> all right, Ryan, what's the next one? Well, no surprise here. Moon Knight. It's been huge all 2020. This is Moon Knight number one from 1980. We had a total unit sold of 1,066 Damn. units and a total sales value of $65,073.93. That this pretty is impressive. probably the most spec book that has one. never really gotten official confirmation until, you know, <laughs> Recently, right. Right. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yesterday. We've yeah. actually been incredible. But people just started buying up everything, expecting it to come. Like Ghost Rider, Moon Moon Knight is probably the one where Wolf by Night number thirty-two has just gone astronomically up. Yeah. So when they run out of the the Marvel pre was it the Marvel premiere book is the first solo appearance. Then they got this is his first solo ongoing series, namely book. The other one appears as Marvel. I think it's Marvel premiere number twenty-eight. It's a yellow cover. I'm trying to think of it right now. I have it. Uh, but then it's Werewolf by Night, 32. Then his second appearance is in Werewolf by Night, number 33. Then those Marvel premiere books, and then Moon Knight. And then um, I would I expect Marvel Spotlight, actually. Marvel Spotlight, thank you. Number 28 and 29. Um, I mean, it's, it's, but now there's, looks like confirmation, Oscar Isaac. And one guy even confirmed that 
Uh, one of the guys working on the project says, who says it's impossible to do a white costume on screen? So mm, right. there you go. That means mm. we don't want to, we might get the, uh, the worst uh, stealth suit ever at nighttime when you're all <laughs> wearing all white. Oh, he <laughs> wants to be seen. Exactly. <laughs> he, he hey, at least his, fa- his face is covered black, right? You can't see that, but you know, Hopefully it he's the shape of the moon. Too, yeah. So there you go. So Moon Knight, number one, guys, from, Mar- from Marvel, 1980. What's next, JB? All right, next up at number six. Hey, man, uh, this is one of hey. those 2020 spec specials from our man, Downey Cates. Oh, we're talking for number five total units sold of a thousand twenty five with a total sales value of fifty thousand five hundred and fifty six dollars. Man, what can you say about Donny Cates drumming oh, up that spec? Yeah, black so, three times. So hold, on, hold on, hold on. I got to come to shout out to Donny Cates. Thank you uh, <laughs> for being all for us there in the pandemic. So, as man, this is like I like I said with Todd McFarland, um, Donny Cates is the king of his own marketing, right? He can hype up his own stuff. Um, but like you know, however, Black Winter has gone. Do you remember what happened to uh? I don't know the other. What was that? Uh, the the one that ended up being uh, uh, what was that? Uh, virus. Virus. Oh, yeah, virus. Yeah. Yeah. So for you know, for every, I'm just saying it's not. I don't know how much of a long term play is. I always said the Jason Aaron run is more with the long term play. If you think something is coming to the MCU, so I just think like Gore to God Butcher to me, like Jason Aaron run, like you know, I think this one's great for reading, but. Like I said, it didn't keep people from buying this one up because it was on our cover price top ten list a for a it good, yeah. for, I don't know, two months maybe something like that. I mean, people of... are still buying into Black Winter, you know. It's yeah, still a thing. We gotta be careful. We always be, be, yeah, be careful on long term spec on villains though because they kind of appear they're a main yeah. character and they go away for a while. So yeah, there you go. yeah. That, that was definitely a trend we saw last year. There wasn't a lot of return on investment for uh, for villains. Yeah, except for Noel. Except Noel. Yeah, good point. Well, yeah. All right, but oh, what do we got there next, Ryan? Look at that, some no, movie you, spec. Oh, is this me? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll do it then. Number seven on the list mm-hmm. is Eternals, number one from 1976. Total unit, man, that's amazing to me that a th- over a thousand units sold, one hundred eighty-nine thousand dollars worth mm-hmm. of sales. Now, this book, this book has been. I don't know why nobody's been specking this book. I mean, it's you well, knew the movie was coming. It got, I mean, spec'd, it got specked pretty hard early, and then it kind of fell off. Yeah, well, it was it was super quiet, right? When yeah. COVID hit, Marvel just every you know everyone was waiting for June for news, and then they were waiting for August for news, and it just you know it it wasn't until what a month ago when they actually started talking about things. Yeah, um, and then plus the new Eternal series came out, and it ties them into looks right. like a bigger kind of part of the Marvel universe where they're kind of part of the celestials more as opposed to the Eternals were kind of forgotten for the longest time and the kind of a niche character characters made by, by, by Jack King Kirby. I do believe this uh, could end up being one of the most important books of the MCU phase four, or it could just die quickly, uh, you know, well, depending <laughs> on the internal film. Yeah. It depends. It really depends on how big of a player that these eternal characters are throughout yep. the, yeah, from what reports are saying, the Eternals movie is going to be huge, epic, time-spanning. So it's going to take place. I mean, if you looked at some of the covers of Eternals 1 that just came out, it shows the characters throughout time. Like, there's one um, that shows, uh, who's the, the Gilgamesh character? And it shows him through about five different eras in costume. One sees a samurai and some other ones. Very interesting on how how long the Eternals been along and how far back it's going to yeah. really kind of say the, the Eternals is going to be what you would consider first chronologically in the, Mar- in the MCU, right? Cause yeah. the, 
they would have been there, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years before, you know, thousands of years before Captain America first Avenger. Would but it also makes sense because of all the talk with Kang and the, the time travel and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So it could be, like you said, it could be a huge player. Yeah. Or it could be a flash on pan. Expecting to yeah. show up in the uh, WandaVision series? No, I'm just kidding. This guy has a wild spec for no reason. I mean, and, and this, this book dipped a lot too in like Mar- like March, April, May. It was pretty low. Like you get a 9.8 for about 700 bucks, and now it's back over 1,000 again. I think the uh, San Diego Comic Con really hurt this book and, and benefited this book. Meaning, I think if Comic Con would have showed footage of it, yeah. Everybody would have lost their minds, but because it didn't, I think people were able to get in at a cheaper price, but now they're starting to get at a higher price as things get back to normal. And I expect, uh, obviously, we all know what the news cycles are. Buy an announcement, or sell. Uh, don't buy an announcement, sell an announcement, and wait till, you know, and then when the trailer hits, sell on the trailer. And in between those the old time, old times is the best time to buy because that's when people are less talking talking about it yeah. less lease. Next up on is a book that is relatively new from this yeah. year. Another 2020 book, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the last run in number one. This had a total unit sold of 919 total and a value of total sales of $25,564. This this was a renaissance in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which really surprised me. Go ahead, Matt. I mean, it's, it's crazy what this book did, not just for... This is just one cover of like 100 covers for this book, right? This is just the main cover. And then it, what this book did to the second print of the original series, you know, and the third print of the original series and the Raphael micro series. Yeah, I was going to say the one shot. Yeah, the one shot. I mean, it, it just gave boost to so many turtle books. It was remarkable. Well, it, I'm glad it gave it boost, and it sounds weird, to the more serious turtle books as opposed to the Cowboy sure. and the Pizza Turtles, right? I mean, the original sure. from Mirage Studios was black and white was a bit more violent, a lot more violent, actually. Well, super it was, violent, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't all cowabunga, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, you know, uh, for those way back when, uh, Vanilla Ice videos, <laughs> when he did his <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song. If you guys don't know that one, go look up uh, go Vanilla Ninja. Ice. Go Ninja. Yeah, go. Exactly. Yeah. So number eight on the list is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, number one from IDW 2020. All right. What's next, JB? All right, next up at number nine, we've got a good old one. What about the Amazing Spider-Man issue 361, originally published in 1992? This one had a total unit sold of 918 units for a total sales value of 178,000. What well, seven hacker didn't even crack a thousand units? This, this was a, this was another one of those books that was kind of like Eternals, where without news and without a Venom two trailer, it just coasted along and just stayed pretty much. You know, it has gone up in the past three months. But, yeah, but it just... really, it, yeah, when we saw that picture of Woody Harrelson in that awful shirt is when it right. spiked. Right? Right. And yeah. then people started yeah. buying up that goddamn shirt. People were like, hey, I know <laughs> yeah. where that shirt came from. And then if you were a smart T-shirt or shirt maker, you would have made copies of that god-awful Hawaiian yeah. flaming shirt. I call it the Guy Fieri shirt. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> it just reminds me. It, it is, just streams uh, Guy Fieri all over it. So, All right, the last <laughs> book on this list on number 10, coming right in, uh, but uh, just a little short of 900, but man, still can't believe this bone's on there. X-Men number 4 from Marvel 1992. Total units sold 887, man. So a total sales of $36,240. Fun fact, uh, the top five cover price members have in their collection X Men number four is number five is wow. the number five book. So if you had Spawn, yeah. 
one and X-Men four, you have two of the top five. People I mean, you want to tell us what red. the other three are? <laughs> <laughs> we, we we can't I can't go through it for sure. I mean it's it's interesting. We'll we'll hit up a bunch of them throughout the other list. Yeah. But this was a big surprise to us because I mean we knew this book was a big seller because it was always in our runners up. But we had no idea that it would ever take a, a, a place on this list. But it just goes to show you, one, this had a huge print run because this X-Men series was like... Oh, yeah. I mean, held this the record. was... X-Men 1 held the record for the longest time for most copies sold ever, over this, a million. This series was my introduction into X-Men when I was a kid. Like, this is what I started with. That was This was the X-Men that I know and love, uh, this Jim Lee version and the cartoon version. They're all tied into it at the same time. Uh, and I would also argue this is Jim Lee at the height of his powers. This, oh, I mean, Punisher look at that cover. Run. Yeah. You yeah. can't, like, that cover is just, you can't find covers like that. Like, X-Men covers can't even touch that right now. No. Because you know? nowadays, the covers nowadays don't exude action that often. You know no, what I mean? Like, don't. comic yeah. covers in the past, you saw characters fighting. Mm-hmm. I would also challenge you to ever find a DC or Marvel do a cover that has a word bubble in it, which is right. almost non-existent oh. nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, right. they would actually, I mean, in the golden age, it was like common things where they would just say goofy things on the cover, you know, or somebody <laughs> dies or something like that. All and right. We, so we also had no idea. We had no idea that this was in so many people's collections and still we started pulling numbers. I'm like, hey, it would be fun to see what people have in their collection. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is the fifth? <laughs> Let's make sure, yeah, make sure you guys are honest. I think our friend, own 100 copies of it. I think our friend yeah. Wolverine has 100 copies. Yeah. And before we move on, <laughs> is that three 90s books in the top 10 for units sold? Only Lord, I'm telling you, the 90s is the perfect time to start. Wow, if man. Want to speculate. Go to the stuff like, I mean, uh, there was what Wildcats, the newsstand hit $400 in the 9.8 like a month ago. You know, when, yeah. when did you ever think Wildcats would ever hit? You know, yeah. the yeah. only two DC anything. books were both punchline related. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I would say anything. I mean, it's always for the big two, Marvel and DC. It's ever, everything is either Batman related will get hot and anything Spider Man related will get hot. Like you just see with ASM 55 covers, no special first appearance or anything. But it just people see it and they go what they want it. It's just the, those are the the cow ships, I guess. And it say. also helped that he's rumored to appear in um, Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I don't know how accurate that is, but you know that that was what spurred sales. All right. So here's the summary of what uh, Matt thought about when he put this list together. While we knew I, Ultimate Fallout would make the list, we were very surprised the X Men Four First Omega Red make the list. Granted, it was a book that was always been on. In our top 25 books each week, we didn't realize what a massive seller it was. As noted above, it's the most fifth most collected book in our users' collections, with a few on here are content-driven, which are Moon Knight, Eternals, and Carnage. The rest were simply fan-favorite issues. First says, the first cameo appearance of Punchline, Batman 89, and her first full appearance in Hell Arisen, which even though know, this came out in 2020, it feels like it's been out for years, a massive excitement yeah. of the last Ronin, Black Winter, Spawn number one, and obviously uh, Ultimate Fallout. Uh, pretty soon, it's also worth noting that like, Star Wars-related books are absent from this list. It's also, it's also worth noting that Star Wars-related books are absent from this list. Keep in mind that while many Star Wars fans' books had fantastic reach, which would be represented below in other characters, it wasn't until Ashoka appeared in The Mandalorian and at the Disney Investor Summit where Star Wars, Star Wars books went nuclear. They couldn't catch up to the momentum of Miles. So basically, to summarize that, even though Star Wars books are hot, these other books had a whole year's worth of sales data almost, or yeah, at least six exactly. months before. I mean, you look at Knights of the Old Republic 9. I mean, that was a massive book, right? And, and But it only sells about, 
one or two copies a week or, or throughout the year, it, you know, it maybe sold about 60 copies. So it couldn't really even touch, you know, the oh, yeah. other books on this list. I mean, we're talking a thousand copies. And plus, by that yeah. time, it gets into the realm of being on the shakers list where it's going to be, you know, one copy sold for like $1,200. And that's what we're seeing now with some of these old Star Wars books because they're being really, people are being priced out of them. And that's why I think the High Republic is going to be so interesting. It's going to, it's going to be high volume, which I read somewhere, 200,000 copies, and they sold yeah. out. That's and, and you should you should take a look at those uh, variants for High Republic. I mean, they're hitting four or $500 yeah. each right now. I mean, it's... And- and I talked about it a little bit on our last show where I said, if you think 200000 is a high print run, in 2019, it would have put it just in the side, the top 10. I think yeah. Tech twenty or Tech 1000 or Tech what, 1027, one of them sold 500,000 books. So I actually looked up the numbers on Comicron. And so 200000 it's high, still not even close to being the highest of 2019. It would have came in in like eight or nine, even at 200000 So yeah. next up. Speaking of which, obviously, when you look at the above list of a list of comics sold, it's no brainer. Where the list of graded comics listed below is pretty much the same titles. The sales sale, the total sales value below reflected the summed value of graded comics only. So these are the amount of slabbed copies sold, not any particular grade, just in general. So it could be from a 2.0 to a 10.0, but in a number one, Ultimate Fallout number four. So guys, prior that list was only raw copies, right? Matt? No, it was, it, was, it was everything. So that's what we were saying. Like a lot of the, a lot okay. of this list will be repeat offenders. Um, yeah. So some, this is yeah. so this is ultimate fallout number four. Is eight hundred twenty four slab copies sold Correct. for almost a half a million dollars? <laughs> yeah, because remember we saw this book go from about in a nine point eight. We saw it go from about eight hundred six hundred to easily a four figure book consistently after yeah. a certain amount of time, and so. Yeah. 824 copies, slab copies sold for $443,000. And I would imagine most of these are at least 9.0 because if you're getting a slab 7.5, you're doing something wrong. I mean, this is an average sale of $537 a slab on average. But I would, you know, but like I said, you know, most of these, you know, I wouldn't even say 9.6, you're you're okay. Uh, But, you know, I don't know how many people are going out and buying an 8.0. I mean, if you have an 8.0, you may sit on and just say, ugh. May I just sell it raw as opposed to selling it, you know, right. a slab. This is a conversation we could have on a show and talk about for a whole hour of what you should and shouldn't slab. But Ryan, what's next on the list? How many slabs well, sold? We saw this on the other list, the oh. Eternals number one. It sold five hundred and seventy nine slabs and a total Damn. of one hundred and fifty two thousand and six hundred and eighty seven dollars. That is a Spicy meatball. I got two point nine point sixes, so I'm happy to see this go. I bought I bought my nine point sixes for super cheap, uh, uh, you know, and so it was good to see this book. I tell you, man, this this book has been slept on. I don't know it why. Really There's so many first appearances in it, but well, like Matt was saying, if the movie does gangbusters, people may go out and seek out these comics. Uh, but you never know. We we shall see what 2021 continues. Uh, 2020 trend. And speaking of trends, look oh, at man. that. What do we got, JB? Damn, look at this one, man. Don't remember when you, you could have, would have, should have. Amazing Spider-Man number 300, originally published in 1988. Total units sold. These are slabs now. Slabs, 472 slabs for a total sales value of basically $1,000 a slab. $471,000. on Brad with the mask. <laughs> I mean, this, this book sells in any grade. 
you know, and for a lot for any grade. And and this is a book, like it just goes to show that people were buying more graded copies than raw copies because they just wanted it to look pretty on their shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of those books that every collector wants. And also What's the in, fun uh, fact on this, uh, uh, JP? Fun fact, now, yeah. In February, uh, one sold a nine nine sold for uh, twenty five thousand. Wow. So that asshole had. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It is the uh, number three most wish list booked in the user's collection, which I think is totally cool because that interface is fantastic. I can't wait to talk about that. At yeah, the end of the show. I, I don't want to show off my collection again and make everybody jealous. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's I'm entering a, my collection. So there's an entry really where you could say you could add it to your wish list and there's a marketplace and everything. But, you know, I don't want to lose the screen, so I won't get out of it. But once you get into cover price, you start adding things to your collection. I've only added 1,093 and I cheated because the guys were uh, kind enough to upload my <laughs> CLZ, um, uh, CLZ uh, XL Sport export file from our from the CLZ database, so it made things. Which John is happy to do for everyone. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. If you guys uh, are limited members, uh, email me at John at Cover Price, and uh, we'll get that uploaded for you. you, uh, VR. Yeah. So if you're like me and you have years and years of data (laughs) that you use CLZ for, uh, and you want to export it over to Cover Price once you get your full membership, hit up John at CoverPrice.com and. if you just Google it, they, they will, uh, you know what? I'll just do a video one year, one day, and I'll show you guys how to do an export from CLZ. It's really easy. You could do it from, because uh, basically the CLZ interface on desktop and the phone are the same. But if you go through it through the website, though, the CLZ file is incredibly small. It's not even that big of a file. I don't care how many comics you have in it. it, it you'll probably email the file. Uh, but JB, I believe right now, is starting to add things to his collection. How far along are you, JB? Well, see, that's the thing. I have got it all set up. I'm starting with my first 30 slabs, and that's a video that I've recorded, which will be releasing tomorrow, and I'm going to share that with you guys at the end of the show. There you cool. go. Nice. Cool. Yeah, hopefully nobody knows your address, so they'll go and rob you. So. <laughs> <laughs> it goes to a point where I started shipping out comics to people that uh, buy off of uh, social media, and I put, leave my neighbor's address as a return address. So, <laughs> Sorry, dude. No, All right, it's number three, Amazing Spider-Man number 300, a must-have for everybody collection. And next up, we got another one. Amazing Spider-Man number 361, 469 slabs sold for a total sales value of 130,658 bones. Fun facts. ASM number 361 is the number three book in the top five books in our users' collections. Also, the fourth most wish-listed book. So we've covered Spawn 1. What was the other one? Help me out. Uh, What's the other top five? Oh, let's struggle. I already, I already oh, uh, X-Men 4. X-Men 4. Okay, thank you very much. All right, thanks for the assist. So we got three of them so far, and Amazing Spider-Man 361. I'm telling you, if the ver- when the trailer drops and if uh, Carnage is even halfway similar to how he is in the comics, I think the um, Carnage fans are like Venom fans. There's a cult following of them. Sim- you know, So even though the movie, the first movie wasn't awful, but it wasn't fantastic either. But man, it still did good money for a movie that was deemed critically panned almost. Um, oh man, I have stories about Venom because I, I I work on it, so it oh, was yeah. it's uh, it was fascinating. It was quite a journey. Yeah. So, but for the most part, I was I was I was mildly entertained. I mean, I actually geeked out when I saw uh, female Venom. Because, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, is a comic that we kind of always spec on is the female Gwenem or uh, yeah. fe- female Venom. 
and then anti a man of anti venom ever pops up, I will lose my shit. If it, <laughs> I swear to God, I would I would just throw something at the screen and just high five people all around me because there would probably be an empty theater that I rent out on my own. But anyway, <laughs> all right. So what's the next? Ah, what's next? Well, not surprised either. In this one, Savage Sea Hulk number one with all the TV show news. Uh, this unit, there these units sold three hundred ninety nine slabs with a total sales of one hundred. And two thousand one hundred and fifty dollars. This book I mean, had been longest time been relegated to maybe a fifty dollar wall book, and then yeah. it just took a little news. One of the last yeah. major characters that Stan Lee created. Yeah. Uh, we just celebrated Stanley's birthday, I do believe, it just recently, like a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, long undervalued, and you know, the second things that people were just buying these nine point eights up like like candy. You know, they were they were everywhere. And the latest rumors are. That She-Hulk is going to be somewhat of a courtroom dramedy, a comedy-driven, a thirty-minute series, and yeah. the rumors are she'll break the fourth wall. If you know what that means, that means you should go look for the She-Hulk John Byrne series. She-Hulk broke the fourth wall before Deadpool did. That's a fact. Yes, she oh, did. Really? Oh. Yes, she did. Oh, go look that man. up. Great segue, T-Bone. Well, man, you're good. Up, all right. <laughs> I'm the master of segue. There you go, JB. I teed it up for you. <laughs> Speaking of Deadpool, coming in at number six, we've got New Mutants 98, originally published again in the 90s, 1991. And we have a total, these are slabs again, total units sold 375 slabs for a total sales value of $186,521. That's on average of almost $500 a slab. Wow. Well, Deadpool. I didn't know people were still buying this, to be honest with you. That read me either. Well, that's wow. the thing. It's, he's one of those characters that in limbo just kept selling. It wasn't doing anything crazy, but it just kept selling because I think the more Rob Liefeld talked about it, the more the price had dropped because people are like, man, right. shut up or else Marvel's never going to make this right. movie. And they, <laughs> sure enough, they announced and they're like, bye, Rob, we don't need you. So, uh, yeah, pretty much. yeah. Rob, I remember Rob Liefeld was posting like pictures of like Mickey Mouse getting like his head shot and all kinds of crazy. Shit. I'm like, Jeez. dude, what are you doing? Don't you want executive producer credit on this? But anyway, number six on our list is New Mutants number 98 from 1991. All right, next up, Amazing Spider-Man number 129, baby. Look, now we're getting a rarefied air now. 361 yeah, slab units sold for a total sales value of $702,624 and somebody spent that extra 41 cents. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 129 is the number one wish-listed book in our users' collections. Damn it, I, I wish I had it back just like Max. Out of everything, which you is know, just crazy. It's going to sound sacrilegious, but I've never owned this book. Uh, well, I traded mine for something I want. I traded mine for Strange Tales 110. So, um, you know, but man, I had a high, nice high grade copy of it too. But it's one of those uh, things where this is going to be, it was specced on originally just as a cool combo character. But then when the Netflix series came out, it really kicked it up to another level uh, to the point where, man, somebody do the math, but that's a lot of money. 361 copies sold for $702,000. But uh, next up on the list, good oldie but goodie. Well, Look at here that. We go. Here yeah. we go. Here we go. This was our first Star Wars book on the list. I'm, I'm, I think. I'm keeping track. That's number one, right? Boom. That's number one. Yeah. That's, yeah. So Star Wars number one from 1977. This had a total slab sold of 309, uh, 339 and a total sales value of 148054 Wow, that's a good book. We always said this book's been undervalued, and now it's no longer undervalued. It's starting yeah. to finally yeah. get some love again, Creeping especially up. when. I, did you guys see any sales spikes when Luke popped up on Mandalorian? Uh, spoiler, oh yeah, spoiler. oh for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, it, there was so much stuff that moved. It was uh, Star Wars 2 that saw the biggest boost. Um, and I think and this then, is the first year we've really seen uh, anything Star Wars movie or show related actually affected comic book market. Agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't wow. think any of the movies ever really have. I mean, if you think Clone about, Wars I mean, they came out with the prequel comics. The, I mean, the, the if you think about the Phantom Menace, I mean, even now that book, I think people are starting to buy that book up. The the Phantom Menace came out. Then uh, what was that? The Attack of the Clones, uh, Return, uh, Revenge of the Sith. All those they actually comics. And then there's a whole dearth of just Dark Horse comics yeah. that people lost their minds over. But we'll see, man. So yeah. over under like ten. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I I'm happy to see these Star Wars books get heat. Absolutely. Oh, and the High Republic is going to bump it into the stratosphere. But uh, number eight on the list is Star Wars number one, the old school 1977 Bronze Age copy. What do we got next? Oh, man. Look at that. Yeah. Now How we're ironic. talking rare fighting. How ironic that that lands on me since I got one hanging on the wall. We're talking <laughs> Incredible Hulk number 181 from 1974. Total units sold 332 slabs. For, ready for the value, my goodness. $1.3 million. That's almost, what, four grand a slab? Yeah, that's <laughs> about a price of a million Two-bedroom two condo in Manhattan Beach. Wow. Huge. All right, fun fact. Incredible Hulk number 181 is the number two most wish list book in our users' collections. So people said, the Wolverine? No, no, Punisher, please. I want Punisher. <laughs> yeah. So Punisher was the most, uh, yeah, look at that. Punisher I mean, is the most well-wisted list. Because I think, you know, I, for some reason, everybody has a Hulk 181. Yeah. Not everybody uh, For some had, reason, it's a yeah. billion dollars to buy. So I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad we're no longer having that debate of Hulk 181, Hulk 181. Well, because this it's whatever. It's oh, whatever okay. the market dictates, and the market dictates this is a badass cover. Nobody wants just the Wendigo. Out there, How does your right? dictate? Talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> when does <is> your Wendigo? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so number 10 on the list is, oh, my Whoa. God, I love it. Giant Size X-Men number back one back. from 1975. I was just going to say, uh, John and Matt are like the Chris Claremont and John Byrne of comic book websites being the writer and creative <laughs> side of it, but Giant Size X-Men was the kind of bridge between um, – Claremont and Len Wein. Len yeah. Wein started it in the 94, 95, and John Byrne, or excuse me, Chris Claremont helped them. And Claremont took over from what is issue 101 or 100 right after Giant Size. They were both basically collaborating on it. So Len Wein basically passed the reins onto um, Chris Claremont. And so 333 units sold for just a paltry $875,000. But if you think at that, look at that between three hundred between a hoax values and X Men values. Wow. I always said this is a better value book because of multiple multiple first appearances. Yeah. So is this te- is this a Wolverine's second appearance technically? Yeah, yeah. No, first appearance in X Men. I mean, technically. Yeah. So it's first appearance of Colossus, uh, Storm, Nightcrawler, and uh, rest in peace, Thunderbird. Uh, yeah. I think he died in the next issue. So. <laughs> but, then, but then I think he came back. <laughs> Yeah, Thunderbird has been back and back and then, then a different name, and then he showed up in New Mutants. Uh, I think Rob Liefeld brought him back. I don't know if it was the same character, but it's good. I, this is one of those books where uh, I'm surprised this is on everybody's wish list. So uh, the basic breakdown, the first Venom, first Punisher, first Star Wars, first Deadpool, first She-Hulks, thanks to Disney Plus content, Giant Size X-Men, first Nightcrawler, Storm, Colossus, Thunderbird, and first Wolverine and X-Men, and first Wolverine are the list new contenders. These are the books that most cl- collectors with a little cash in their pocket, side out in 2020. This is truly a list that Marvel dominated and showcase list 
of true Disney properties that will be the focus of Disney Plus and MCU's Phase 4. And I want to talk about what happened this year because of the lack of mainly San Diego Comic-Con and other you know type of news things where we had DC Fandom, right? Which, which caused fan focus on the Snyder Cut. And then Disney said, hold my beer. Right. Let us do this little, <laughs> as normally the investor's call was the most boring thing you could ever listen to. There wasn't even a video presentation. It was basically a conference call that they would, but this time they went full in and went, it, it was something you would probably only see on 2020. I don't think we will get another investor's call like that again, or maybe we will since it was so I popular. I think we will, yeah. Do you remember well, any investor calls standard. like that in the in the past, though, prior no, to 2020? Because no, no. I looked it up. In 2019, it was literally just a web conference where you just listened. There was no video presentation. Right. It was sure. truly something out of uh, 2020 pandemic. Do, All right. and do, you, do you remember the DC? End of the year next year. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the DC fandom? The biggest thing to come out of that was the black suit Superman. That was that was the biggest news. And then you go to Disney Investor, where it was just Actually, like, if you think about Static, Static the comic really moved. Oh, out that, that's right. Static did yeah. come out of it. You're yeah, right. Static did job. That I mean, was that was such thing. a small announcement panel compared to, of course, uh, the the Batman news that dropped at the very end. Right? People just lost yeah. their minds when they saw the patents. But that seems so long ago, even though that took it place yeah. in 2020. So. All right, we're we're about a third of the way, not even a third of the way there yet, guys. We're probably like twenty percent of the way there. So just continue to drink beverages along with us and have a good time. Next Cheers. up are the most units of variants. We all Ooh, love to see those variants. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, yep. this can be one of the frustrating parts of collectors for comics uh, who can't get them on release day, and retailers who have have to meet qualifies to order them. But damn, we love them. Not even to mention. Retailer-only sellers like our friends over at KRS Comics. Go to krscomics.com. Use the discount code of LOTLB to get 15% off any KRS Comics exclusives. I believe our friends at Coverprice and KRS just did a giveaway. Did you guys already mm -hmm. announce the winner? Yeah, we did. Uh, we haven't announced it. We're just uh, working out the logistics with the winners. It's always like we we ended and then we have to wait for them to respond and accept it. Well, and if then... they don't respond, nah. I would like to take uh, their wins. <laughs> okay. it's like, you won them again, Tiva. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. amazing. What a coincidence. All right. So uh, number one, there you go. Batman number 92, the Jorge Jimenez 1 in 25 variant from DC total units sold this is amazing because this is a variant this is 486 copies sold for thirty thousand three hundred fifty dollars and this is aftermarket sales so this isn't even factored in how many were sold at the stores which i probably they were flipped the same day or a lot of times now people on ebay sell them even before they have them in hand that's why one of the funniest things you ever see on ebay is for sale in hand <laughs> they have to prove to you they actually own these <laughs> in order to sell them but this, as we had covered over the cover price top 10 throughout the year, we found that these designer variants from from DC were really yeah. starting to hit with people. Really possible. And it was, uh, in the past, DC got away from doing these kind of high ratio variants. They used to just do cover A's and B's. And I think, did it change this year, Matt? Does it seem to me that more uh, 1 in 25 variants came out this year? Yeah, when they started, when they did the last, when they started, what's, what's this current one of DC stuff called? I'm blanking on the name. Because oh, last before it was New Fifty Two. What is this time? Future Future State. No, 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 no. Rebirth. Rebirth. Oh, Rebirth. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Rebirth. They made a, a just. They said we're only doing B covers, right? Open order B covers. Um, there were very, very few variants, um, and and the ones that you know came up there weren't anything too crazy. But yeah. then suddenly with Punchline, they started doing all these like one in twenty fives, and people were like all over it. 
Yeah, this for sure was the year of Punchline for DC. Before mm-hmm. Punchline came out, I was going to say, I thought this was the year of the Joker who laughs or the Batman who laughs or one of those right. who laughs weird Someone's things. Just laughing. Somebody's laughing. Well, yeah. punchlines laughing all the way to the bank. So, number one on the list of variants this year: Batman number ninety-two, the one in twenty-five Jimenez variant. Uh, what's what do we got for number two? Ryan? Well, hey. what's interesting is this is Batman number ninety-two as well. This yes. is the Stanley Art Germ Lau variant. This is the B variant you guys were talking about. Uh, but look, it sold exactly the same amount: four hundred eighty-six for the exact same amount as the other one: three thirty thousand five hundred or thirty thousand three hundred fifty. So that's pretty I mean, impressive that they both sold. And this this is an expensive book. This is still a four or five dollar book. It was right, always right. a four or five yeah. dollar book, but people couldn't get them in their stores, so they went online. Well, Peach Momoko is the art germ of two thousand twenty. Uh, yeah. Because if you remember, Art Germ started whenever two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen, and he was, and then mm, all of a sudden twenty eleven. He started doing exclusively just for DC. Where remember yeah. he used to be able to get Arjun, and now Momoko I think is exclusive for Marvel. Marvel yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny how it's it's like it's like in it's like bands when they become too popular and then we're like oh the sellouts I don't like them anymore I like it when they were a garage band nobody ever heard of and that's right. sometimes and they're all struggling. Yeah, it's like variants with our variant artists. Once they get too big, then people are like, man, I've seen this all over the place, but oh, Art Germ was the man. They want it more, and when they get up to that point, they kind of get lazy. You started kind of seeing a lot of the same kind of faces and, I don't know, poses. and Well, especially with Art Germ. Yeah. Everything started yeah. looking. At least Momoko, yeah. she's a little bit weird and all over the place, and uh, I just recently read somewhere she's going to be writing a comic now. Oh, so, interesting. That'll be interesting. Yeah. So she's going to be uh, try to be the John Byrne kind of writing and drawing, which can always be a dangerous thing. Just add Todd McFarlane when he tried to write Spawn. But <laughs> I, I all right, number three in the list. What do we got, JB? All right, coming in at number three. Did you notice the pattern here? We're talking about our third DC comic in a row. Batman 89 again, but the Francisco Martina B variant, which is pretty much fire, had total units sold of 479 for a total sales value of $18,561. Ah, Martina sounds so old school now. Yeah. I mean, you just feel like he's like the old flavor. It's been out so long. Like, oh, he's such a Del Otto. Now, if they, I mean, put, <laughs> if, if they had put Punchline on, on this cover with like her and Batman fighting, it oh, would yeah. have been, this would have been the book to own. Yeah, for sure. definitely. Yeah. You get, you get a hot variant artist, you get a first appearance character in a hot comic. And it's kind of like yeah. the trifecta of, of collecting for those who look for that kind of stuff. Who just I don't know why they don't do that though. Like, you know, 89, like they knew she was coming, they were promoting her. Why not put her on a cover? Well, but that's, another... what we, that's what we saw with some like if uh, if you think about the most recent Shang Chi uh, series that came out. Yep. So number one, there was a couple of different variants, and some of them had some different characters, and some people bought Persist, that more yeah. so because it was their first cover appearance as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So number four on the list is ah a book that has been on this list like crazy. crazy. Something is killing the children. Number one, the Jenny Friesen unlocked variant from id the idw has killed it this year oh. i swear to god and it's with stuff that came out <laughs> before this year that for some reason so this came out in 2019 357 units sold for seventeen thousand four hundred thirty six dollars and you think of that dollar amount and those units sold for an idw book yeah that's amazing to me and it, it just is. shows that how indie books have really kind of kicked off in 2020 as well i mean this first issue almost every cover is a hundred dollar book it's insane. I would also say 2020 is the year of the really long comic book titles. 
Absolutely. Four kids walk into a bank and order a drink and then kill the right. children. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all I'll over tell you guys, I just read both trades in this. This is fantastic read, man. One of the best things I've read this year. It was just really creepy. I loved it. There you go. If JB gives them a step of approval, there you go. I mean, something's got to be killing them. They can't just kill them. Right. Killed well, on their own. <laughs> it would be a really bad book. It was like, nothing's killing the children. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> yeah. Cholera is killing the children. Number one is a really hot issue today. <laughs> All right. So next up on the list, one of my favorites of the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. This is Strange Academy number one. And this is the ever-loved J. Scott Campbell variant. This sold 347 units. And had a total sales uh, of units thirteen thousand four hundred four dollars. It's a very yeah, this, very cool cover. Yeah, I have the uh, the Virgin in the nine point eight, which basically just Ooh. has no logo in the middle of it. Uh, and we'll, we'll see that later. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, what we yeah. call it foreshadowing, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see All it right, later. So Strange Academy number one, J. Scott Campbell variant from two thousand twenty. What do we got for number six? All right, at number wow. six, man, what do we got? Some McFarland Spider-Man. I love it. Spider-Man number one, the silver variant originally published. Man, I got all the 90s books in 1990. <laughs> total units sold 328 for a total sales value of $12,670. Look, this is one of the most classic and most homage cover of all time. This oh, is for sure. This is, again, what you guys were talking about earlier. New people coming into the hobby, they remember Spawn. They remember this one. This is going back to being a kid, pulling this off your shelf. And the silver cover just popped, right? And, it, and I mean, this is one of those books. It's $100, 9.8, super affordable. It looks awesome on your shelf. You know? Yeah, how many different variants were there for this? Because there was a platinum, there, there was a gold, or silver. I think there were 10. Yeah. 10 of them. Yeah. Click, this on, was... uh, click on the link, and you'll go right to the yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then you'll get dangerous. So, so if you go scroll down here, so we got this is the regular. You're not showing it. Oh, yeah, You're yeah, not yeah. showing it. It oh. popped up a new window. So. You, you look at it with your mind, guys. With your mind. Yeah. yeah so yeah. basically, there's nine different versions of it if you want to know. Well, so, ten plus the main cover. So like yeah. you're on the one cover. So yeah, ten. Yeah. So My favorite Spider is yeah. the blue lizard just, one. Yeah, if you think about it, mm. Spider-Man number one and uh, was is kind of like the Jim Lee X-Men book, where it yeah. was like the number one selling Todd McFarlane t t uh, title for. This was at the height of Todd McFarlane when he did his Amazing Spider. It was so popular they said let's spin off and let's do this Spider-Man run, and that's yeah. where he, when he basically Todd, you know, Todd McFarlane did his thing and probably uh, homaged himself more than anybody else as far as covers <laughs> and stuff. Right, yeah. Todd does love Todd. Yeah, <laughs> Todd before Todd before Todd. If he's right. famous Todd after Todd. Yeah. All right. Next up. That should be a show. Yeah. All right. I think it's my turn, right? Yeah. Wolverine, the John Tyler Christopher C two E two negative variant from two thousand and twenty. Tonal units sold three hundred and twelve for a value of sixty one thousand four hundred forty four dollars. This has been the year of the negative variant, more specifically the John Tyler Christopher negative variant. Although it's been around for a while. I have one of his earliest ones, which he did for a Witchblade comic, which is one of the yeah. earliest negative comics, negative variants I could think of. But it was the first one. So John Tyler Christopher is actually an interesting story where he always does this for C2E2. I don't know if he's local to the area, but he also did the Boba Fett and Han Solo action figure variants, and they were exclusive to him. Where yeah. I remember the story correctly, John Tyler said, look, 
I'm going to do these variants, but I want Boba Fett and Han Solo to my own so I can sell it. And he was selling them at his booth at C2E2. Yep. Uh, yeah. So these are one of those things where Tom Tyler says, I want these for myself and I'm going to sell them at C2E2. Very cool cover. And this has also been the year where people have loved the negative variants and they've gone back to look at the older negative variants. And I've just yep. implore you find the Witchblade one. It's a day of the dead homage and, and it is absolutely gorgeous. And it was this one that kicked it off. It, that's this is the one that really spurred people to go back because the rogue, the green rogue one from yeah, the rogue one is ex- sexy too. And there's a the Luke Skywalker one is the most recent one. Yeah, I can yeah. think about with the but I think they came out before the Wolverine cover. It wasn't until the Wolverine cover came out when people yeah. just went crazy. Well, the Witchblade one I know came out like two years ago or three years ago. Uh, oh no, the, the Witchblade one came out I think like six, six or seven years. Ago. Yeah, it's been a while since yeah. that one came out, but it's all the rage now. It's just you know yeah. people get a hold of it, and now people are all over his action figure variants. So. Look out for that. That's guys. a weird one too. Well, that's the uh, we saw it on the list with the yeah. Ree Williams, right? That yep. I was shocked to see that on the list because I was like, "What?" I, and that's nobody... not the only one moving. There's a bunch yeah. moving. It's really picking up. Speaking of moving, what do we got well, for great? Speaking Ryan? of moving and speaking of long titles, this is Dark Knight <laughs> yeah. Death Metal Legends of the Dark Knights number one. This is the Carrie Andrews one in twenty five variant. This book was super, super, super hot. I remember this thing coming out it was selling for what a couple hundred bucks right off the gate it was probably, 250 probably right off the gate 250 right off the gate 250 so total wow. unit total of this variant was 302 and we had a total series va- uh, value of $60,605 that's huge for this yeah, mm-hmm. another another low uh, or I don't know, uh, how do you say it low pre- uh, high pre show or low pre yeah, and uh, and fun fact that dinosaur never even showed up because it was uh <laughs> well isn't that happened, dinosaur right? famously in the bat cave for some reason or other but that's there was the, a there was a story one of the artists got in trouble for something and they pulled the story or something that's right yeah that was that was the year 2020 they pulled yeah. the story uh, you see the eyes in his mouth there yeah but i could have swore back in like some uh, some issue that there is a there's, there's a definitely dinosaur. a dinosaur in the bat cave yeah yeah yeah, yeah. For, but for no I, really, I, wait, really was good it, reason was it connected to superman where like they lex Luthor automated it and it bit superman and they got cloned and then they somehow got to batman or something holy shit i, I can't I, wow. I'd have to. that is true that's awesome and i want to find it now <laughs> all right number eight on the list is dark knights death metal legends of oh, the dark knights number one king robin right or robin king yeah, it was Robin. first Robin King, yeah. It was Holy it was God. actually at the time when it came out, it was the best selling variant we ever saw, like upon release. Because of the yeah. first release, it sold like I don't know, 150 of the variant, like half its run. And then just like a month later, people just stopped buying it. It was yeah. crazy. And now it's future state. So I mean, what happened yeah. to King Robin King? I mean, that's kind of but I hey, that, that I was still love Robin King. <laughs> still low so long ago. I forgot about Robin King. All right. Yeah. What do we got next? Oh, look All at right. that, JB, another one. And coming in at number nine, we've got Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen, number three again, but the Ricardo Federici B variant cover from DC Comics sold 273 units for a total sales value of $12,065. That's surprising to me because Punchline is, well, she's not well, on any of the covers. Yeah, she's not, but, but this one, I think, I mean, this is a completely random... Like I don't even know who those people are. Yeah. Like, I don't even, you're either in two camps. You either like this cover or you hate this cover. I, and and it's been interesting. Look at the whole. I mean, I don't even know what's going on on this cover. Like the first one at least had the Joker on the cover. It kind of was related to 
punchline that's the original I think that's puzzle. shazam and drax if i did yeah you're the villain heller is the number three the ricardo ferrici biverian from dc 273 copies sold all right number 10 on the list remember this earlier this year boys and girls spawn number 309 the mcfarland cover b everybody went crazy for gunsinger spawn and bought 258 yeah. comics Total sales of only 6,238, uh, but still a lot when you think about it, because really it was just a cool cover. It wasn't really the first appearance of Gunslinger Spawn, I don't believe. I think that came way earlier. Uh, but this followed with subsequent drawings. I remember there was like a Ninja Spawn and some yeah, other things, and yeah. it was just all kinds of fun stuff that people bought purely on the covers. Um, I mean, people have always asked for like, hey, go back and do a medieval Spawn or uh Samurai Spawn. I mean, there are some great, great toys that Todd McFarlane made back in the '90s that he could make comic books of. That you mm -hmm. know, but he's always done. But some of those early Todd McFarlane, I think uh, they're called Generation One of the action figures, are some of the most expensive toys. If you're into uh, action figure marks that came out in the '90s, um, yep. if you ever watched that Todd McFarlane sci-fi uh, uh, documentary about how he uh, got, um, he almost went bankrupt making these figures uh, an nhl star had sued him for uh, tons of money for using his image uh, for making an action figure without his permission and he sued todd mcfarland wow almost, almost put him out of business but then he, he figured out how to get the business done right and you know so now i mean he does all kinds of crazy if you think about all the nhl all the uh baseball players all the just a sports line not alone his own like spawned crazy toys and then i think um I think the Odd McFarland is doing a new thing with Spawn or DC now, where he's doing DC uh, toys. So uh, mm. that's cool because if you think about it, I mean, Todd has kind of built his his fortunes not only on his comic book but mm. the toys. A lot of people know it from the toys too, which are very articulated as far as uh, action figures. They're not like the yeah. six dollar action figure anymore. These it's, really took it to the next level, where it, with the price point of what nineteen to thirty dollars a piece. I mean, you know, more you know more than. If you look at Marvel Legends figures, but now I mean, me and Ryan were talking offline. We're looking at the Bandai, uh, yeah. uh, the they have Samurai. a Mandalorian uh, Ronin figure that was selling for a hundred dollars, <laughs> which Jeez. which I bought, which ships in March. So oh my god! Yeah, I gotta, so. You gotta say it's always like you see a creative and they always focus on their art and that's their life, right? And to see someone like uh, Todd McFarlane be an entrepreneur, a businessman, and a creative at the same time, it's, it's it is impressive to see. Yeah, although it's but, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch the doc, if you watch the documentary though, he was not a very good businessman to begin with. So oh, it really? took a, it took a while for him to get you know because he was strictly a, a comic book artist and then. He realized the image, uh, the the comic side of it, and how it destroyed relationships with him and certain people, <clears throat> Rob Liefeld, and uh, things went on. But there's a tie to this, boys and girls. The yeah. Jorge Jimenez Retailer Appreciation Variant for Batman number 92 is also in number 10. 258 units sold for $52,000. Holy Whoa. cow. That so those retailers lot. are really happy and appreciative. Turn around and flip yeah, their books. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or the person they sold it to. But typically, whenever they got a hold of these, I would I, they would probably stick a nice fancy uh, price on there and put it on the wall. Oh, that means really Punchline punched everyone in the face on this list. Yeah, they uh, She really did, except for Miles. Yep, Miles it is. 
Uh, Want to check out more? Check out the top 50 variants of 2020 at comicbookinvest.com. Go check out our friends at CBSI for their top 50 variants of the year. All right. So obviously, summary, Punchline dominated the variant market, although we thought she was a throwaway character when she was released. Although subsequently, there's been a Punchline number one that came out. However, you'll see from this list, she's the only modern DC character to make any of our lists. Collectors right. love her and she's brought nothing and she's brought nothing new to DC. Looking at this momentum, hopefully they'll do her justice and continue to develop her. One surprise was that Spider-Man number one silver variant, which was the oldest book on the list, which had a massive print run. That's amazing that a Spider-Man number one is considered the oldest book on the list. Right? <laughs> yeah. From what? It's also year of John Tyler Christopher 90, with the negative variants, and we talked about. So uh, Strange Academy is also still something is killing the children. If you watch our weekly show or, or subscribe to CoverPrice.com, you'll see kind of the trends that follow throughout the year. Now that we do the yeah. Shakers list, it's a little bit different. We see the the coin people are willing to drop on a single book. Whereas the cover price top 10 every Tuesday is the amount of units sold as well as a combination of price increase. Cause you know, people can buy a thousand copies of something, but it's only a dollar a unit. That's not right. really doing what, you know, so right. put that into perspective kids. All right. This year's collecting crazy. went crazy for subsequent printing. So we're talking about second, third, fourth print, sometimes ninth, tenth prints. Maybe it was because of the many first prints are too expensive? Probably. But regardless, we've seen this new category reflect a massive market movement. The market has never loved these more. And here are some of the ones that sold the most copies. So it's time to get into some reprints, boys and girls. Of course, we got to start off with our boy, Miles. Ultimate Fallout number four, the Sarah Pacelli second print variant from 2011. 623 units sold for a total sales value of $47,561. Is this both raw and graded? No, this is just this raw. This is just raw. Wow. Just raw wow. copies. So this is one of at least, at least this is a second print variant that is a different piece of art than the first issue, right? Uh, I mean, sometimes, especially in the past, Marvel just slapped on a different color, you know, and just said, hey, this is- Oh, wait, no, I'm wrong. It's all, it's all, it's both. Sorry, this list is both graded. Okay, so this is both uh, slabbed and raw sales, guys. All right, some ultimate fallout number four. Miles Morales won the most variants of the year. What's number two, Ryan? Well, number two is also ultimate fallout number four. This is the Mark Bagley second print variant. This had a unit sold of 548 and a total sales of 63,001 cent or $1, I should say. There you go. We were just talking about that. See, this is uh, almost identical to the original. face. Yeah, or his showed his head instead yeah. of. Yeah, and uh, you'll see somewhere there. There's a different font. Um, ah, there we go. Ah, what do we got for here number we three? Go. The villain, the one he dominated the year. Villain number three, and this is the Ryan Stegman third print, which I don't know now. I'm so confused. Is this his first cover appearance? I don't know. Either way, the market said 539 units sold for a total value of 142,000. Four hundred and seventy-four dollars. I mean, this was like a six hundred dollar book every time, right? Really? Yeah. Yep, it was. For a third print, guys. That's third crazy. print. Now, is this his first cover appearance? Because maybe it's been disproven. I'm not sure. I've I've seen a few videos. You tell me, there, guys. Is there is. This, I think there was a store variant. No, I'm trying to think of the store variant. Yes, the, they said that the store variants for the first issue um, uh, was technically here. Let me scroll through. It was. Uh, I think it was for the first issue. Yeah. Well, well, let's go. Let's number four on Here the list go. is Venom number twenty-five, which is a second print. 
This is uh, more of the crazy no virus kind of virus virus thing that was going on throughout the year. Total units sold 242 for a total sales value of $14,183. Remember, geez, uh, just a few months ago where Venom was dominating, dominating all the back issue markets, all the top 10 lists. There was easily five books on the top 10 list of Venom. And so number five, we've got Batman number 90. This is the second print. Um, Is this a punchline related book? It's like a second appearance. Uh, So this went crazy. I don't think she's actually in this one, which was like everyone bought this up thinking that she was going to appear in it. And she did. Right. Kind of like that dark one. Kind of like the dark, um, the uh, uh, Robin book. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? Which one was that? Yeah. Oh shit! It was Dark Legend of the Dark Knight, right? No, no, no. It was a bat. It was uh whoever Dick Grayson's cover. It was that Dick. Uh, what was his name? Darkwing. But it was for Nightwing. 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 It was, it was a Nightwing book that people thought that she. Oh, was that's right. Be. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It, it was the first designer though, which had his own little like month. That oh yeah. <laughs> during that was, that's so designer. Well, even though even though Punchline didn't show up, you guys bought two hundred and eighteen of these issues for a total of one thousand and fifteen dollars. Not I mean, bad at all. Cover man. price, pretty much. Cover yeah. price, yeah. Ding. Not bad. All right. Yeah, all right. Got, what do you got next, Jamie? <laughs> all right. At number six, we got some more of that. What is this? Uh, that dark black winter Thor number five, the Oliver Copel. Coipel, second Copel. print. Copel. 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 There you go. Oliver Copel, second print. Had a total unit sold of 217 in the aftermarket for a total sales value of $2,433. Yeah, so this was like uh, this was like Black the Donny Cage trifectum where he was doing the he was doing the the Knoll stuff, he was doing the Thor stuff. Remember, at one point he was like, "All right, I'm finished with this Venom storyline." Guess what? I got this Thor storyline I was going to tell you about, and we we're all expecting Knoll to show up in Thor, and then it was the Necro. He said it was and, the most metal thing ever in comics, uh, even though yes, he was uh, doing heavy metal. Yes. <laughs> all right. Speaking of which, Batman number eighty nine. We were just talking about this. I think this is one of the coolest covers, actually. Uh, Batman 89 third print, uh, which is sold 201 units for $1,077. You see, I think people are maybe getting, I was just going to say people are getting like second and third and fourth print kind of um, sick of it. But, you know, with the recent news of ASM 55 and the amount of prints that are coming out already and the High Republic, I I don't think this trend is going away. I think... um, I think people are going to be hunting out uh, second and third prints, especially when they're different covers. Well, see, yeah. this is the thing. Back in the day when they would do second, third, fourth, fifth prints, a lot of them would just change the, like the title card, the color right. of the title they, card or yeah, something. Exactly. There was no change to the art. Where here you actually have, you know, an homage of, well, maybe not an homage, but it's close to that uh, original. Uh, yeah. Well, see, I wish have- I would. That original hell, hell. Uh, what is Hell arisen. Yeah, Hell I wish they would do a new cover and add her in. Like with Rick and Morty 1, with the fifth print, they added, it was the same cover as the first one, but they added Mr. Poopy Butthole <laughs> <laughs> into the cover. That is the first time I heard that sentence this year. Mr. <laughs> but, no, but you're right, you're right, though. I mean, they knew it was going to be hot. This is the third print. They already knew Punchline was going to yeah, be a thing. Why not add her? And they would have sparked even more enthusiasm for the marketplace. But uh, what are you going to do, man? Batman number 89, the third print. Still looks cool because you got, like, uh, the Riddler and the Penguin kind of rogues gallery. So, mm-hmm. But, you know, you throw in uh, 
sort of, you know, trying to say that, you know, Harley Quinn and Catwoman, but Punchline is not quite good enough to make it to the rogues gallery, but uh, pretty soon I'm pretty sure well. Uh, what is up next? Well, up next we have Thor number five. This is another Black Winter issue. This is the third print. We had total units sold of just under 200 at 196 for a total of $3,413. And I think at some point in the year, hopefully people would realize that these uh, Marvel second and third prints were just internal pages from the previous first print issue. As Even though yeah. the cover looks cool, it was just a blown up splash page from a previous comic. I think people realized Marvel started doing that back in 2019, I want to say. Is when you're like, oh, so this is cool. an internal? This yeah, is a lot of a lot of this a lot of the Marvel third second and third prints are uh, oh. splash pages from uh, from previous from the I first see. issue from the first print. And what's interesting is like a lot of these books had its like big boost when it came out, and then they just you know they were they were everywhere. So then they just died pretty quickly. Yeah, um, so. this was one of those where it had a huge burst, and then it just. You know, fizzled out. Well, yeah, uh, Donny Cates kind of leaves him there. He's like, "I'm done. I'm going to do my next big thing, and I'm going to go do crossover now." So there you go. So Thor number five, third print on the number eight on the list. What do we got for number nine, JB? All right, coming in at number nine, we've oh, got yeah. Debo's favorite man, Strange Academy, the second print from Marvel Comics. In the aftermarket, total units sold of 187 for a total sales value of three thousand seven hundred and ninety-one dollars. I still think this is a very undervalued comic. This movie. is probably one of the best ones to buy right now. Yeah. For How many first Jones. appearances does it have? Like right. five, six first appearances. I mean, I got you know, up. I mean, it's just, I think it's just got, has great. A this lot is of a Disney plus potential. I think. Yes, it does. It's got that fill the gap of the void of the Harry Potter thing, right? Mm -hmm. Marvel, Disney doing Harry Potter. I mean, it's just a no brainer that how popular it gets. So that's why it's number nine. Strange Academy number one, the second print variant. Number 20 on the list, oh my God, an oldie but goodie, Edge of the yeah. Spider-Verse, number 32. This is the third print design, and what we were talking about earlier, this is one of the few Edge of Spider-Verse reprints that is different from the cover, the first cover. Yeah. The other printings, uh, besides the Greg Land variant, uh, if you think about the second print. Yeah, the second print, fifth print, they were all just different colors of uh, the first one, whereas this one is an actual totally different it color. It wasn't even a different color. It was just that bar, that line of Yeah, the logo, yeah, the basically bottom. the logo yeah. at the top. It was orange so, or red or purple. Yeah, but I would all say, you know, part of the Miles year was this, the ancillary stuff, like Spider-Gwen got really hot also. During, I mean, that yes. Greg Land variant is absolutely astronomical, and I think it's I think it's actually still pretty low because right now it's going for about six seven grand in a nine eight and twenty five hundred in a nine six. I think those are going to go way up. Oh, stop telling people that I sold mine. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're going to get that back. I thought I oh, made. Wow. I, I saw a nine eight signed by Greg Land for a thousand dollars, and I thought uh, I did a good job. Well, you know what? Well, how much did you pay for it? I paid like. 150 so you made a thousand percent yeah but man yeah. now i hear what it's going for i'm like man <laughs> i could buy a put a down payment on a kia for that you amount. threw away six grand TV. i did i am useless i need a i need to just to delete my cover price subscription <laughs> all right so the summary is miles punchline black winter Knoll, strange academy and spider gwen that looks like a who's who of 2020 heat the strange academy second print was a surprise to see as well as the edge of spider verse number two the design variant we always saw that variant pop up in sales like x-men 4 we didn't realize how well it performed it just goes that man whenever 
Spider Gwen and Miles makes their live action appearances, it's gonna go insane. And that's when we say it has room to grow because they have yet to make their live action appearances. If you think about it, and and on theaters on the big screen, they've yeah, made I'm it. Silk, Silk hasn't made it more. Of oh, the she will. Movies, there yeah. was. They remember there was Silk news, and people bought it up, and they. It was, it's like we say now would be the time to buy Silk because when. The first initial news came out, the rumor that Silk was being uh, developed. People started buying up the books like crazy. So now, now there's a, a no time when the first announcement comes like, oh, we got a director or a writer or something like that. Then it's going to pop again. Then it died down again. Then when you see the first trailer, people are going to lose their minds and buy it up again. And we'll see uh, her like, later. Yeah. Like subsequent, <laughs> print, yeah, like subsequent printings, comics yeah. that sold the most units. And these are just newsstands. That's how crazy 2020 has gotten boys and girls. We're bringing it down to we're just newsstand copies. Whereas the rarity of newsstand, I have a graphic of it now. Just let me break it down. Just so there's a misconception on some people that all newsstands are created equal. Um, just to give you a, a rundown. And I saved it as a screenshot because I always thought it'd be interesting um, so this is how it breaks down between the percentage of newsstand to rec stand. 1979, 94% direct newsstand versus 6% direct market. And then I'll hop to 1986. It was a 50-50 split between direct stand and newsstand. 1990 took a precipitacy tilt toward the direct market. We're talking 15% newsstand to 85% direct market. So 1990 is the year where it really kind of jumped where it got away from, you know, selling at 7-Elevens and this were comic shops at their height of their powers. But 1986, the split is about 50-50. So, and this, I got this from um, our friends at Comic-Con and they also got the data from like Mile, Mile High Comics. But So just know that if you get anything 1990 or 1986, and 1986 is about 50-50 split. If you 1990, go look for the newsstand. It's much more rare. In 2013, that percentage was 1% newsstand to 99% direct market. So that's why that ultimate fallout number four in a, a newsstand is so rare. Man, Speaking of which... Young collector John was always like, oh, I got the direct edition because I went to the comic book shop. I'm a better collector. And now it's all backwards. <laughs> look at the no. barcode. <laughs> yeah. Barcode, ew. So uh, the Amazing Spider-Man number 361 is number one on the list. This newsstand copy sold 254 copies for a whopping 53 grand. 53 wow. grand. So if I look at my little chart here and I look at uh, 1992, so it was, uh, 1990, newsstand was about 15% of the market and direct market was 85% of the market. So this is a rare book. Well, and Keep in mind, we sold, the direct sold 918. Yeah, ah, jeez, a direct of uh, the so that's amazing that there's there are the many stew stands available. This one, so 1980 is an even uh, weirder one because newsstands were actually in 1980 more available than direct market. What is it, Ryan? Really, it is Star Wars number 42. This is uh, a f- amazing Boba Fett book. Everybody wants this one. Sold 195 units with a total sale of 44,570. So, this is the one that really gets me confused, guys, because in 1980, the direct market is actually more rare than the newsstand, but it didn't stop people from buying the newsstand up 
as right. they think it's more rare because it came out in 1990. That's why I wanted to give you guys mm. that breakdown. So just think 1986 is what we call the Mason-Dixon line. That's 50-50 right around 1986. But if you see anything prior to that, that means the direct market is more rare than newsstand. What's next, JB? All right, coming up next at number three, we've got the Amazing Spider-Man number 300 again, but the newsstand, obviously, from 1988, 167 total units sold for a total value of $88,242. I did want to mention uh, a comment in the chat. You know, newsstands are still tough to get in high grade, man, regardless right. of how many were it out is. there. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because um, a lot of my, at least the 7-Elevens that I used to go to were spinner racks. And if you ever mm-hmm. been used comics on a spinner rack, they were bent the shit out of when people were right. flipping through them, right? It has that crease. That's where that crease comes from on the spine because of those damn spinner racks. So 1988 is 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 pretty rare book already because uh, that's when I would say, man, comic book shops really started dominating the marketplace right around 1988 when you think about it. I saw this at my comic shop as a wall book for $50 and I bought it when it came out. Oh, So nice. 1988. And I still have it. Uh, next up, Moon Knight number one, newsstand, another book from 1988, 162 copies sold for $7,142, and I expect this only to go up higher and higher as the Moon Knight news comes out, man. This is another one tough to find in a newsstand copy. Same with this next book, The Savage Seahawk number one. This is newsstand 1980. It sold 156 copies for $18,168. Yeah, see, this is more of collectors not being educated on what they think is actually rare this newsstand is not rare it is it's more common than direct value if you see a slash through that letter i'm trying to think matt is she hulk one on the direct stand did it have a slash through the uh barcode or did it have the logo in the barcode i'm trying to uh i think it had a spider-man head i want to say yeah it had spider-man yeah it had spider-man now something to remember with some of these it's like when people are buying these up quickly they don't care. Like a lot exactly. of collectors were just buying them up. It was really what's available on some of these resellers, right? Yeah. What What was the majority? So I think a lot of people didn't really distinguish the difference between them, but some did. Like Spider Man three hundred, people wanted more in a new yeah. state. You know? Yeah. Let's hope you guys know what the differences are, so you don't uh, overpay for something. Speaking All of right. which. At number six, something on my wish list. How about Star Wars number sixty eight newsstand from nineteen eighty three? Now, I'm not sure what the key factor is for this book. Maybe you guys can help me out in the chat. But there was a total unit sold in the aftermarket of 150 units for a total sales value of $19,254. This is just pure Mandalorian love and people getting everything. That's not even Boba Fett, right? On the cover. That's not. (laughs) Yeah. It's just everything connected to the Mandalorian and Star Wars and so on. But uh, if you're playing at home, I think this is what? Number three? He's like like on one page. I think John, do you have a count? Is this our third? Star this Wars is number one? number two. This is only our second. Star no, Wars no, no, we had a Star Wars number one. Did we? Oh, we did. Let me go back. I'll I'll catch up. All right. So number six on the list is Star Wars number sixty-eight, the newsstand edition, which came out in eighty-three, which is still more popular as uh, uh, the uh, newsstand is more available than the direct stand actually on uh, nineteen eighty-three. So there you go. The market is weird, but uh, next up, Avengers number 96, new stand. Units sold, 137. Total sales value of 15878 Like you said, the people, I think this was just a book people just bought 
It just happened to be, yeah. hey, the most of the yeah. units are mostly a direct stand or new stand anyway. Um, but if you're interested in buying the more rare of the two, the direct stand for this comic is the more rare item. Yeah, but nobody's buying this book without the movie news. That's a that Taskmaster yeah. is is. Tied it was definitely Black, Black Widow heat, and then it was like that was the hottest thing of January, February, and then it just disappeared because yeah. the movie never came out. Yeah, I think this will get another scoop whenever Black, you know, Black Widow does appear. I mean, there was, you know, there's been so many leaks on what the potential storyline could be from the task. Yeah. We know the Taskmaster is going to be in it. There's inspect that it's the ultimate Taskmaster. There's inspect that it's the female Taskmaster, Taskmaster's her sister, her cousin, her auntie, all kinds of crazy shit. So whenever the movie <laughs> comes out, we'll find it. Now, this is a rarity. All right. Yeah, that, this that is point. definitely one that people want of the two, I would think. Uh, Spawn number oh, one. Yeah. This is the obvious new stand edition. It sold 125 units through the year for a total of $21,100. I remember buying my Spawn number one from a liquor store, coming home, buying a pack of cigs, and I saw this on the rack. It was like at 2 a.m. in the morning, and I go... That looks like Todd McFarlane. I had no idea what a spawn was because I, you know, I was, you know, just, oh, it was 1992. Yeah, I was like 21, 22 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so I was coming out of a, going home. I was, I stopped. I remember the day to this day because I remember this liquor store also sold comics for some reason. I was like the weirdest thing. So I just went in there or it may have been a stop. Remember Stop and Go? It, was a, it wasn't a 7-Eleven. It was one of those off-brand convenience stores like a Stop and Go. And I remember they sold comics, but I just happened to be buying a pack of smokes and I saw Spawn and one. I go, let me grab it. I should have kept it. <laughs> I never I mean, did. This just is, oh, sorry. Sorry, Timmy. No, go ahead. Um, just to compare, like uh, the direct edition sold 1,100 copies this year. And the, you know, it sells for $20 raw, 120 in the 9.8. This sold, um, sells for a couple hundred raw and had a big sale of $1,226 for a 9.8 in October. Damn. And that's and a, a quick shout out to uh, Matt Day who called out in the uh, chat that you could actually go to cover price. And if you want to see how it compares between direct edition and uh, the uh, newsstand, just go and you can actually see all those numbers for the nine eights across the two. Yeah, yeah I would do it, but it's going to open up another Chrome no. tab. In the- <laughs> <laughs> another universe. That's another whole hour show of me figuring <laughs> right. out how to do that. So uh, get a subscription yeah. and go on yourselves. Boom. Right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So yeah, get a subscription, guys. It's only six ninety nine a month. I mean, it's the price of a McRib. It's more than a McRib happy uh, meal because I just got a McRib the other day and I said, yeah, sure, super size. It go to be ten dollars. Go, good lord, ten dollars. Yeah, man. You know, I just realized it's for the fries. They charge me like three dollars just for French fries. I was like, but whatever, wow. man. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bitter, but that's what's up. It's, it's now fine. Dining. I'm hungry. Actually, I'm starving. I haven't had dinner yet. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, ooh, what All do we right. got for number nine, JB? Right. Coming in at number nine, we've got Daredevil number one sixty eight, newsstand edition from nineteen eighty. We had a total unit sold of one hundred and sixteen for a total sales value of sixteen thousand nine hundred and six dollars. Is this? Death of Electra or first appearance of Electra? This first appearance of Electra, sure. and this yeah. is purely off a of DD twenty five spec. Yeah. Uh, once they found out, uh, uh, spoiler that Electra is the you know, uh, Daredevil with boobs, that they went out and got this one. Uh, obviously, this is part of the uh, the Frank Miller Daredevil run, which started Frank Miller. I think it was Daredevil one fifty eight, I believe. Uh, one of the greatest runs that uh, Frank Miller did on Dare- that every that he ever did on any title. I mean, I put it right up there with uh, the stuff he did on Batman. But this was a great run. Took Daredevil on a very serious dark turn throughout this entire series. 
there's a really great cover of Bullseye, like shanking the shit out of Electra on the on the cover, which <laughs> oh, is one yeah. of my favorites. But this is one of those ones where people just bought it just because, and that there's probably more just just newsstands sitting around than anything. But this is directly a result of when we started seeing Daredevil twenty five spike. This also seeing started spiking prices, which is good. She's always been a cool kind of. Uh, anti-villain kind of uh, ex-girlfriend from hell kind of character, but uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. Remember, she got some love on the uh, Daredevil show as well, so hopefully she comes back and Disney Plus can use her somewhere. And next up on the list, one of my favorites, The Amazing Spider-Man, number 194, The New Stand, sold 107 units for a total sales of $19,116. This is uh, interesting because... Really hasn't been any black cat news. I know the well. I remember when, there was a TiVo exclusive. Yeah, what she was gonna become. But remember, there was a failed black cat and silver sable series. But you should know that it, it's gonna come eventually. And I think people are like just specking like, look, she's gonna come eventually. Plus, she played a prominent role in the PS4 game. If you may remember that, uh, and Silver Sable played a prominent role in the black in the PS4 game. So one of the few characters I would say that Sony has the theatrical rights to that they could use if you think about you know spider-man's great uh rogues gallery but there's so many uh, allies that he has that could use that doesn't that disney doesn't have the outright rights to so you know it's i think it's great if you want to spec on anything but the summary most of these newsstand variants mirror their direct editions heat however this list is an interesting blend of collector staples and content driven books also star wars makes this list and of course it's boba fett who made a glorious return in the mandalorian such a good episode. Oh, so yeah, man. Good. They're just off of the Mandalorian this year. The the amount of, of uh, comic books that it drove in prices and plus those, the hype with the uh, the High Republic. It's Star Wars that uh, it's, it's Star Wars and steroids. I've never seen it. This really go no, that crazy. Never, so never. it's so crazy that it's a streamer. You know, it's always been like movie content that's driven stuff and to actually just start seeing yeah. more and more like TV shows. I guess. I mean, that's another COVID thing, right? Or yeah, no, I think I, I, I like last year we talked about on our show where I was like, I think Disney Plus is really going to push what we consider spec comics in the past. The CW and Netflix shows pushed comics to a certain point, And I think. When WandaVision drops next Friday, they're really going to see that, okay, this is what, like, uh, our Marvel backed with Disney money and Disney creative can do, as opposed to Netflix, yeah, it's kind of Marvel adjacent, you know, it's got its own niche, it's street level, but it's Jeff Loeb, it's not Kevin Feige. So we'll see if uh, the Kevin Feige effect takes full-on effect. So mm-hmm. next up are the comics that had the highest sales and volume. So these are the most halfway there. <laughs> most units sold, boys and girls. So this is both slab. Is this most and- units sold, or is this most dollar value? Dollar, dollar, dollar yeah. value. Dollar. Yeah, I should have read the whole thing. There you go. So there this is go. the highest sales volume. So for these lists, we've taken all the sales of cover price capture in 2020 for each comic and summed them up. This gives you a cl- estimate of how much money was actually spent on each comic last year. We're also including the total units sold, and you get a sense of the market movement. So it's a little bit of both. These are no-brainers. There was a lot of money getting passed for Mega Keys. Boys, you, if you haven't tuned in, go tell your friends to tune in now because this is the list that is really exciting. And I get to start it off. Amazing Fantasy number 15, 90 units sold for a total sales value of $2.9 million wow. for our first appearance of your boy, Peter Parker, the spectacular, the amazing Spider-Man. That's amazing. Everyone has one, right? 
Oh, yeah. I've got three of them, man. I've got three. Yeah, right. I got one holding up my dining table so it doesn't wobble. That's how many. So back in March, uh, March 5th, 2020, it was a huge sale for a 9.4 for $795,000. That's a record for that book. Yeah, that's that's the highest known we have. Yeah. Because I think Action Comics still holds the record for the most expensive, right? Um, It was like a 9.0 or something ridiculous. Yeah, I think think that's coming up, maybe. Yeah. The detectives on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you call segue, boys and girls. So, uh, next, next up on the list. Next up on the list is the Incredible Hulk 181. This had uh, out of 515, it was 1.6 million dollars. Seems like a downright bargain compared to I Amazing mean, Spider. It's amazing. Downright <laughs> and you can pick up a nine eight for about uh, forty nine thousand. Holy wow. cow! This oh, is, yeah. all right. That's, that's the you just point. imagine whenever he makes his MCU debut, it's, yeah. it, you people think this this hit a ceiling, but we found there's something called the Feige effect. When when Marvel announced it took over FF and X Men, what happened? FF number one used to be somewhat a pricey book, almost downright unaffordable to a lot of folks nowadays. I mean, same he did with X Men and Fantastic Four when. Disney brought over the uh, the Fox properties back home. So number three on the list. Look at that. Wow, there you go. Here it is, the big boy. Detective That's not a bad uh, unit of sold volume at all. Not for right. one book. First appearance one. of Batman from 1939. Had a total unit sold of one for <laughs> $1.5 million. Shit, I could do the math on that. That averages out to $1.5 million a book. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a 7.0. Seven point. Yeah. That is just amazing to me that a book that from so long ago can be held in such great, you know, uh, pristine condition yeah. like that. Can you imagine finding that in someone's garage? Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> go, so go share this to all your friends right now, boys and girls. We're getting to the fun part of this list where um, basically these are all the books that we own. That we're just going to be talking about. <laughs> right, right. These are our personal collections here. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to give one away now. That's right. <laughs> right. All right. Next up on the list, surprisingly, Superman number one. Total units sold, 14 of them. Wow. For a sales total of $1.3 million. That's amazing to me that Spider-Man number one sold. Eh, Different condition amazing. copies. You yeah. Know. Yeah, but that's still amazing to me. It's hard to find out. I, I go tell you, go back and look at these early Superman covers. There's a ton of them. They all had the same kind of. For, I don't know if there was a, a a sale on yellow though, but a majority of Golden Age Superman covers were had uh, gold yellow labels. I don't know what it is, but it's, I want to say the first like ten issues. Yeah. Well, they only I don't know if that was, then they only had a color palette of like four colors. That's what I was thinking. Was I was something. like, let's just yeah. go with yeah, let's go with this. All right. What do we got for number five? Well, number five, we've got giant size X-Men number one. Just had four hundred and fifty sales for a total of one million forty nine thousand six hundred and sixty eight dollars. Man, this is a great this book this is one of the books that got a benefit from um, the MCU or the Disney getting the announcement of them taking back the X-Men franchise, mm-hmm. right? We saw the spike in the X-Men books and Fantastic Four books as soon as the, they said, up oh, Disney, we got it back. Nobody cared about, you know, this, that, the other. But, you know, everybody has a special place in their heart for the Fantastic Four and for the X-Men. Hopefully, you know, they'll get rebooted the correct way. So Giant Size Nixon, number one, number five on the list. What do we got for number six? All right, coming in at number six, we've got The Amazing Spider-Man, number one from 1962. I can't believe 115 of these sold in 2020 in the aftermarket. That's incredible for a total sales value 
of $896,116. It's downright flooding the market with units sold with 115 of <laughs> right? them. 115. That's like Not 10 even a month. rare anymore. It's like just another yeah. Sunday in eBay for everybody. Right? So well, a, lot of, a lot of lower, you know, quality copies probably popped yeah, up. But, yeah. but uh, I think it also goes to the point where at a certain degree, at a certain value book, it doesn't matter what it's great is. I mean, yeah. we want well, our friend Otto collects coverless books, right? It's, but he still has a book. It's just missing the cover. So amazing Spider-Man number one coming in at number six. All right. Number seven. On- 27, sorry, nine, four in 2017 for $131,000. Insane. Mm. On a, on a Spider-Man one. That was for, yeah, Spider-Man one, but a couple <laughs> years ago. They bought uh, that for Jay Jonah Jameson Jr. Right. Yeah, <laughs> all right. What's up on next on the list? Is it whose turn? Is it my turn? Yep, your turn. All right, so all right, I'll take it then. X Men number one from Marvel, nineteen sixty three, a hundred and sixteen units sold for eight hundred ninety one thousand dollars, two hundred and ninety two dollars. Look at that. So if you look at Amazing Spider Man and uh, right and X Men, I wouldn't expect yeah, but, that many copies of those keys. X Men, you, you know, this book is really I think is undervalued because you got you know five, uh, six first appearances. If you think about the X Men. Yeah. Magneto and Professor X. I mean, that's there's gold in them there, Hills. So, mm. um, but before I remember this book used to be, you could find it at four point five for about three, four grand, five grand, but uh, no longer. After it's called the Disney. After the Disney effect, all these books got to jump. Speaking of jump, what jumped you, Ryan? <laughs> well, this was the number one wish listed book. So in 2020, 556 of you made that wish come true. Thank the you, amazing, Lord. Thank the, you. the amazing Spider-Man 129 had a total sales of 874,490. Yeah. Uh, it's not, not too late, Ryan, for you to go and get one. While you're I at, get me get me one too. Uh, you know what? I'll buy three. You go, I'll, I'll buy five. We'll all Perfect. get one. Everybody in live chat. Everybody. Gets one. You get one. You, you get one. You are the Oprah Winfrey of Oprah Winfrey of Bronze Age Keys. You're like that. All right. Number nine in the list. Speaking of which, JB. All right. Coming in at number nine, we've got Fantastic Four. Number one from 1961. 56 units sold in 2020 in the aftermarket for a total sales volume of $824,512. That's pretty much the last two months. Yep, one of my favorite covers of all time, man. The first uh, the first family of comics right there. Fantastic Four, number one. I like the uh, Simpsons homage to that one where Homer's yeah. coming out of the ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was just another homage recently, too. But as you can tell with this list, there is a theme of uh, people are dom- dominating with the Marvel Silver Age keys and Golden Age keys, yeah. really. Uh, Incredible Hulk, number one, units sold 46000 for $797. I'm going to tell you what, man. This Incredible Hulk book for like, dozens of years wasn't – Really, that expensive of a key when you think about any more Marvel keys, Amazing Fantasy 15. Uh, even though I'm at what you're thinking, 46,000 copies sold, no, 46 almost, copies, almost 800 grand, man. So, if you look at the let's scroll through this top 10, these are really the big bangers of the year, man. So, these are all big keys that we all know Amazing Fantasy 15, Hulk 181, Tech 27, Superman 1, Giant Size X Men 1. Amazing Spider-Man one, X-Men one. This one is interesting because it's in the it's a it's a bronze, it's the only Bronze Age book on here. Amazing Spider-Man one twenty nine, Fantastic Four one, Incredible all Hulk silver. one. It's, yeah, but if you notice, goes, all of those sold you know double digits. That one sold five hundred and something. So it's a it's a super. That was yeah. the biggest sale 
of and the. And it always goes to what my theory's been that, or what I think is that DC owns the Golden Age keys, and Marvel really owns the Silver Age keys because they were sure. more dominant. Plus, they were more affordable, but especially what uh, Fantastic Four and X Men Giant Size those books have really gotten a bump since the. I uh, actually we call it the Disney effect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there we go. The summary of 2020 Spider-Man's first appearance overtook Wolverine's, which was the most paid-for comic in 2020. But check out Batman. One CDC 7.0 sold the entire comic book movie was talking about. Now, was probably, I, I do believe that was a heritage auction, right? That was uh, yeah, yeah. The most of these giant mil? books, yeah, most of these giant sales, you, you rarely ever see them on eBay. Um, and what's funny to me is when you see a giant book on eBay and they're like. Uh, Free shipping. Oh, you know, I want you to pay 500000 for it. It's like, Get oh, that insurance. Dang. Yeah. All right. Next up on the list. Highest list is an echo of the previous list. It's interesting to see how much money was spent on raw copies versus graded copies. Like Superman 1 sells almost only graded, whereas Hulk 181 still moves plenty of raw copies. So get those raw copies, folks. Amazing Fantasy number 15, units sold. Now, this is a list of... Just graded. Just yeah, like really familiar. You can probably tear through these. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, most of these times people buy these books slab because, especially if you buy online, you don't want you know somebody who touched it up or any reproduction. So you right. know that's mm-hmm. what the the benefits of getting a book graded are. You know, there's no fraudulent use. So amazing, amazing fantasy number fifteen can number one. Tech 27, number two. Yeah. Hulk 181, number three. Superman number one at four. And you can tell it echoes Giant Size X-Men number one at number five. Amazing Spider-Man number one at six. X-Men number one at number seven. Fantastic Four number one at number eight. Hulk number one at number nine. And a new one that wasn't on the previous Ooh. list. Captain America Comics. Six units sold for $763,000. The first appearance of Captain Marvel or Quick, Captain America. Is, is that Marvel Comics though? Or is that? Timely, that, I think. Yeah, it's Timely. So Timely. Quick, yeah. quick uh, story. My cousin last year gives me a call and is like, um, hey, you do stuff with comics, right? I'm like, kind of, you know, on, on a company that does it. He says his uh, wife's uh, father passed away. He was a collector of just random stuff, found a box covered in soot in the garage. And what's in it? But this comic, the first Wonder Woman, the first Green Lantern, all of those. Wow. Did you yeah. tell them they were worth shit? And, yeah. That's just funny. That's, that's what I like, said. Nothing. Give them to me and I'll you know, see if I can get me. rid of them for you. Thousand dollars. We'll take it. But it happens. He actually found it in a garage. It was nuts. Oh, well, they, they reached out to, was it Heritage? Or who did they reach out to? I think they spoke to CGC first, who was talking to him about stuff. And then I told him, like, you know, if you're going to sell a big one like this, talk to Heritage. see Because they went to an auction yeah. house. Yeah. 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 I hope and, they didn't they... go see Rick at Pawn Stars and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I get the worst value for your comic. You go to Pawn Stars. Oh, Lord yeah. have mercy. So that was a fun list. No surprises here. This is every collector's ultimate wish list. These were books we all dream about owning. Giant Size X-Men is the most obtainable despite prices rapidly increasing. Seeing the company it's keeping now, move now on it if you want. Like I said, Giant Size X-Men has always been undervalued prior you know, to this year. I mean, But it features one of the few big keys of its era that features multiple appearances in it so yeah next that up book's not going down so get it now if you want a copy because you're never going to get one again yeah if x once they start announce x-men in the mcu it's going to go yeah. bonkers um yeah. here's where it get things a little interesting rare and expensive variants simply don't have the numbers to rank the most sold list however the highest sales list showcase shows the variants the collectors are investing in however these variants also have 
also have to be easier to find compared to high price variants that may only sell a few copies a month or every given year. Like I said, this is one of those things where the debate is where the value is in a variant. Like a lot of times people are like, yeah, with time, a variant you can get for a cheap price. But when it's a combination of an old variant, scarcity and the first appearance, Sometimes mm -hmm. those variants can hold on, and some of this people, some of the people who see this list are going to be very angry that knowing that they sold their copy. And I'm talking to you, Otto. The <laughs> ultimate Fallout number four falls on the list. The Marco Dejervic one in twenty buy variant, 167 copies sold for a total sales value of 88,242 copies. That's a damn variant. This thing absolutely blew up. It was already a hot book. It was like a five six hundred dollar book. But, but it was after, only a thousand dollars in the nine eight. Yeah, know? but but wow. when the year of miles, and then people found out about this book. This book was hunted down, and it is hot. It is ten grand. Ten grand in the nine point eight. Ten grand in nine point eight. All right, wow. number two on the list. I think people are gonna get like this. What do you number got, Brian? On the list blew up when we heard about Ahsoka coming to the Mandalorian. This is Star Wars: The Clone Wars number one. This is limited to a thousand issues, and. uh it had a total value sale of $81,852 Jesus Christ. for 65 what units Star Wars old. Is that? is that four or five? What are we on now? That's Star four. Wars. That's four. That's so this is, just, this is just a reminder, like, okay, yep. see, this was the, one of the biggest books of 2020, but it only sold 65 copies because there just wasn't There's enough no, yeah, on right. eBay, yeah. which is actually why it was so valuable because there was only like three at a time, maybe two at a time, and they would sell and people would throw up another one and it would sell. There just wasn't enough inventory to keep up with demand, which is why it was a two grand book. You know? Supply and demand, wow. supply and demand. Yeah. It's, it was only a thousand print runs. So you got to see, I mean, that's, uh, if there was a thousand total sales, 81,000, you do the math. It's pretty damn good. It's good. We, saw a, tenth, we saw a tenth of it sell this year. Almost. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, somebody's sitting on a box of them. Number three on the list. What do we got? All right, coming in at number three, we've got the amazing Spider-Man. Number four, hey, the Humberto Ramos 1 in 10 variant. Originally published in 2014, there was 168 copies of this sold in the aftermarket in 2020 for a total sales value of $62,038. Yeah, I think I bought one of these in 2020, to be honest. Yep. This is going off of the silk hype from earlier this year. People's gobbled up the first issue and found this Umberto Ramos Ramos and uh, Umberto Ramos variant as well. There is a G. Scott Campbell variant that is pricey, but not nearly as pricey as this because it doesn't feature silk on the cover. With her broken but man, hip. But man, this book has gone <laughs> up and down and up and down and up and down. Every like every three years, there's some rumor of an announcement and it spikes and then it drops and then it spikes and then it drops. Well, I remember so, there's also the Amazing Spider-Man number one where she's supposedly on a little cameo, unnamed cameo. She, 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 yeah, she's in the shadows. Yeah, you yeah, can see her she gets the bitten by the spider, so that one got to jump too. So number three, Amazing Spider-Man number four. All right, number five, or excuse me, number four. Well, we're back to Wolverine number one again. John Tyler Christopher, C2E2, the negative variant, unit sold, $312. And as we said earlier, $61,444, man. This book has gotten people Banana. going crazy. It was a mover and a shaker. There you go. Mover and a shaker. People have gotten positively crazy for negative. What do we got for number five, Ryan? Perfect. Well, it right lands on me again. It's Dark Knight's Death Same Metal one. Legends of the Dark Knights, number one. Carrie Andrews, one in 25. This sold 302 variants and for a total of $60,605. God, it seems so long ago. So long it ago. It I mean, really does. 
at its height, it sold six hundred dollars in a nine eight. I mean, now they go wow. for two fifty, two hundred. Um, so it really fell. Yeah, it really fell hard. But it, I mean, at the time, it was crazy. Yeah, it's kind of a victim of its own hype, where they really, really built it up. The first parents, and then Robin King kind of fizzled out. And I don't know if five G or the future state is responsible for that, or I don't know. Because it, it seems at some point. It's still like some dark night story is going on while they're still trying. They're still trying to finish that off and trying to do the future state at the same time. Like uh, sometimes, some these big events just draw out, draw out, draw out, and I think people get exhaustion from it. I don't know. There was also some debate over whether this is was was his first appearance. I forget the book, but there was another book where uh, Batman who laughs crowns a Robin. And no. Yeah, yeah. I forget what book that was, but people were like, "No, that's the first one." Wow, um, that's, so, that's, yeah. that's that's 2020 in a nutshell boys yep. and girls all right what we got for number six all right coming oh, in at number six we've got amazing spider-man issue 667 Holy the gabriel del otto one in 100 variant originally published in 2011 there was a total of six units sold in the aftermarket in 2020 for uh, what? $53,000. you got to be kidding me. Oh, $579. Wow. What is that for average? Holy moly. Well, there was one that sold at the end of October, a 9.6 sold for almost eleven grand. Holy cow. Now, And this is no real first appearance, no anything. This is just a rare book? <laughs> this was just 2011. 2011 was one of the lowest print runs of Spider-Man, and you know, no one was buying 100 copies, and these just aren't out there wow i gotta in, go in dig in my own mom boxes to see if i have it jesus christ so number six in february a nine eight went for twenty thousand. did you just say that matt i don't know no i said, no, that you said a nine six you okay. said a nine eight sold nine, for 20 just looking at the site um highest known value nine eight in february 29th 2020 for twenty thousand. Jeez. 20 grand my god congratulations that same guy about the marvel pre uh, the marvel previews book Okay, wait. So that's two books that sold for one was eleven, one was twenty. So that's thirty-one. The so other, the other, the other and then it was like four or five thousand. You know, lesser. Well, there was a lot. Of, there was some. There was. Dang. This was the first year we you never see raw copies sold, and this was the first year where like three sold, and it, they rarely pop up because everyone gets them graded. Um, if you have them, you get them graded. But yeah. So if you're wow. smart, you don't flood the market with these. You slowly bleed the market, you know, once every uh, six months or so, you know. Yep. All right. Next up on the list, I think it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Batman number two. This show has gone for two hours. I'm still kind of. Okay, I got it now. All right. Batman number 92, the Jorge Jimenez retailer appreciation variant. 257 copies sold for damn near bargain of $52,266. But damn, this is the. This is probably the hottest variant of 2020 for DC. I'm at uh, punchline, first appearance. I'm at cover appearance, hot artists. I mean, it could just go on and on. For high and ratio, people kind of point to this one. If you're go if you're a punchline collector, people say this is the one to grab. Yeah. For high yeah. ratios. And Ooh, as we alluded whoa, to earlier, Edge of Spider Verse number two. It's the Greg Land one in 25. We had 23 sale in 2020 for just under 50 grand. And for those who said old variants don't hold their value, this list proves that there are some, but it has to be very specific. Whereas Iron, like Spider-Man 67, it's just because, but this is one in 25, somewhat of a rare variant. And 
It is the first appearance of Spider-Gwen, and she's on the cover. So you put all those together. This is the Spider-Gwen copy to get. That's the one. 9-8 height sale for 6500 back December 2020. Ah, but but there was one a uh, couple days ago that just sold for like 7500 mm. ah, Yeah. It's, ah, you're still <laughs> killing me. Let's mm. move on. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number one. Coming in at number nine, we've got Negan Lives, number one, the oh, red foil variant from Image Comics. And there was 46 of these sold in the aftermarket in 2020 for a total sales value of what? $48,085. That's an easy math, TiVo. That's over a grand. I, I remember this. This was the... the this was the kind of weird one-offs that... Uh, and if you just remember recently with the Kirkman thing video he did with the one-off for the crossover variant and all the weird stuff, this is another one of those things where, hey, we can you know milk Negan for a little bit more. We'll put a red label on it and we'll do all this uh, red foil stuff. And so, and this one was given out to employees, so employees had these copies and and were the ones that moved them. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Employee only. Let's all flip them as far as much as we can. But well, uh, my favorite book is uh, Spawn Kills the Office, and <laughs> so that has a really rare variant where McFarlane, as a gift, did one for every one of his employees, and so it has their name on, written on oh the cover. God. And so when you sell them, you know exactly who sold them. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Yeah. And that's kind of almost like, man, do I want to sell it? It's got my name on it. I mean, you know, people yeah, did. So. I mean, that's a fifteen hundred dollar book in a raw grade. So yeah, well, hopefully their name wasn't Dick, and you just have Dick. On it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number nine on the list. Naked Liz, number one, the red foil variant. And of course, we had to end the list with number ten. Darth Vader number three, the Salvador La Roca, one in 25 variant, first appearance of, what's her name? God, Dr. Afra. Dr. Afra. Dr. Afra. Afra. Already <laughs> I was like, I'm already like two hours into the show, 103 <laughs> units sold. Total sales value is 44 grand, 44,742. This is the book that everybody's like expecting. Yo, Dr. Afra has got to come sooner or later because this is one of the first characters that were created in the comics of canon. Right. Um, and we've already said what Filoni has done with the Mandalorian has blended canon and legends. So we that's why Star Wars books have gone crazy because they've pulled a little bit from Tython, the planet, you know, that they talked about in the Mandalorian series. Basically, if you go to Wikipedia, they could break down everything between canon and legends. Yeah. Prior to this, anything when Disney bought Lucas, they said, all right, everything going forward is going to be considered canon. Everything before that is legends. But now... Uh, Dave Filoni has kind of said, you know what? I'm pulling from all places. So that's why Star Wars comics have gone. And and that's why it's gone crazy. And what's notable is that this was like one of the only Star Wars books that was selling pre-Mandalorian, you know? Yeah, because when it came out, it was like, hey, we finally got a new character in the Marvel, you know, besides, I think there was a a Star Wars book that had Han Solo's ex-wife in it. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, remember that one came out and people were in then now and disappeared, but this is the one to get. But with the most recent news, this one has been getting hot. Runner-up, Invincible Iron Man number nine, the Chris Turquet Apocalypse Variants. Units sold 97 copies for $41,845. This is directly from the Disney investor call. Of course, Ironheart is coming. Riri, Riri. Williams is coming. Not Riri. It's Riri Williams is coming Riri. to Disney+. Plus, and this book is absolutely on fire. I can't believe I really I mean 
it was a hot book when it came out, but I don't think anybody expected uh, Ironheart and Reed Williams to get where it is right now. Yeah. I, and this is, and we can, I think we all safely say now that the Disney Plus is adding a new level of spec where they can see an actual character that will appear on streaming service has a possibility to appear on a big screen. And that's where we all see the real value in, in comics, right? So there you go. For all of you who have been reading wondering, where's Clone Wars number one at? Well, there you go. While the standard and variant kept hitting crazy numbers week after week, it's important to recognize this book had relatively low inventory. It proved difficult to find and never flooded sales sites like eBay's despite the amount of money they had delivered. Regardless, Miles is a repeat winner. So as you can tell with the years, everything Miles related, and then later on in the year, everything Star Wars related. And he, so when I say related, like Miles related would be Spider-Gwen and Silk or Spider-Man, any of those things. And obviously, we talked about Amazing Spider-Man 66, 667, which is, did I say 666? It oh. seems like it sometimes. <laughs> but that Delato, man, that that book to me is shocking that it's so high. Uh, and and really, I mean, probably you may have. So yeah. now and we look into the- Five Star Wars works so far five so we're still at the over under is still at 10 and well we're getting close to the end boys and girls i think now we look at the highest sales volume for second subsequent printings meaning anything but a first printing let's look into the biggest money makers for subsequent printings of course venom number one by ryan stegman third print variant from marvel 2018 total units sold 539 copies man you all spent 142 thousand dollars this this brought so much money in. like i mean it made so much money and it was a book that you just bought for you know four bucks yeah this wasn't even a, it wasn't a high ratio but the thing was i think it was under ordered by oh very shows. much so yeah it was under ordered which caused obviously uh, supply and demand under ordered so people took them from the lcs immediately put them on ebay and that's how you flip a book boys and girls but yeah. uh the key to flipping a book is all about timing. You have to, it's when people get to the comic shop and realize, wait, it sold out for us on the West coast. Sometimes we get a heads up, right? Cause you know, you our friends right. on the East coast, three hours earlier, went to their LCS and realized it got sold out and we find out through social media and we can buy them up and we can sell them right back to you for twice. Thanks time. guys. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, all, right. Jones. all right, Ryan, what do we got for number, number two? two is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, number yeah. one, this is third print. That had 89 sales and it was a total of $70,158 for those 89 units. And this is, are these raw uh, copies or both, Matt? These are both. Okay. So, yeah, because I was going to say this in a high grade 9.8 is a hard nut to crack and it is an expensive nut to crack if you do get it in a 9.8. But, um, and also just weird size for you to store it. Yeah, I was just going to say that. This is still that goofy size, right? Yeah, yeah, this is the goofy size. So to keep it that long and then having it high, because you got to think when does CGC come along? Like 99, 98, maybe 2000. So you had to hold on to it for a good 15 years before you can get it properly slabbed and protected. You know, part of that, you know, who knows what you were doing with your comics. But speaking hey, of. Hey, I've got some treasury editions. Those are impossible to store. I got that Superman yeah. Muhammad Ali goddamn comic. I don't know what to do with it, man. It's, it's like a poster. We got for number right. three, JB. Coming in at number three, we've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number one, second print from 1984, 39 units sold for $67,685, and all that turtle stuff got hot with Ronin, right? Uh, this year has been amazing. If you're a, a Turtles fan, this year, as I really didn't think that the last Ronin would affect 
the the back issue market so much uh which is good because these are absolutely fantastic reads man um do you think it was just ronin or did uh jenica coming in do anything to that no i well, think it was definitely from the last ronin which yeah. which spiked the the new interest in the because you think about even the new movies because we've always specked like when something hits the big screen is when it really pushes the prices up um we did get a remember when the last teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out it wasn't uh Eh, did so well you know what i mean um even when you think about when into the spider-verse came out fantastic film it didn't really affect miles sales that that much as opposed to when the ps5 announcement came out which made it just go absolutely insane what's actually pretty funny about that is it didn't it spike um uh, the, noir spider-man noir the film oh, was, yeah. I, I, re- I remember all those trends it was like so noir went from ten dollars to a hundred dollars raw and a thirty dollar, uh, thirty dollar, like, but it got it hit seven hundred dollars in the nine point eight. Uh, Spider SP slash slash DR went from I think the variant was a steady hundred dollar book when it was selling for ten dollars. Uh, Spider Ham went from a ten dollar book to a hundred and fifty dollar book, um, and then yeah, Miles only went from a fifty dollar book to like a seventy five dollar book. You know, was, and and even Spider Gwen, she went from like a seventy five dollar book to a hundred and fifty dollar book. So uh, I, I still have my two Ultima Fallout fours, and I shockingly find out how Miles Morales Spider Man number one is now a high price book as well. It is. is it I, really yeah. is. Yeah. Because there's multiple volumes of it too, so it's amazing how what they. I mean, the Ultimates, the first like generation of Ultimates run was incredible reads, and then they just yeah. slowly deteriorated, yeah. and they just went off in all kinds of weird Thor Sun and some other weird. So there's shit. no more Ultimate Universe. Yeah, yeah. and people at the beginning, people at the beginning had a hard time taking uh, taking to Miles, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so people well, remember there was off. all that controversy where certain news outlets were saying, "Oh, they turned Peter Parker black and Puerto Rican." We're like, "No, it's a different." Sp-. You know, right. Earth nerds <laughs> would be like, "No, it's a different. It's time. called the Ultimate Universe." <laughs> it was like having that conversation with people. People still have that debate nowadays where they say, "You know, they're changing this, that, and the other." No, there's they're adjacent to them. They're always yep. going to be something different. But uh, that whole Ultimates line, like if you think about the Ultimates and everything, I mean, that's more closely aligned to what the MCU is than the actual regular 616 is. You know, I mean, just recently on the list, we had um, the black version of Nick Fury, right? Is, is, is yeah, popping up two on weeks the list. ago. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. All right, number four on the list. We were just talking about him. He heard us and he came out. Look at that. Ultimate Fallout number four <laughs> to Mark Bagley, second print. 548 units sold for $63,000. Man, this is another one of those, like we just said, man. The year of miles, the mirror really? of miles and punchline and all that good stuff. You ain't kidding. The year of so, miles, ultimate real, four. What does what is a nine eight going for in these two miles? Ultimate they're not four, super four. pricey. I think they're about two hundred. Um, let me double check. I'll pull yeah. it up. Uh, uh, for the uh, which one? The Mark uh, Bagley one, the second print. Uh, the highest known, anyway, is for eight hundred nineteen dollars in September twenty twenty. Well, that's yeah. Yeah, average right now is uh, two seconds, uh, around 275. That's still good. Print. That's still I good. I know, second print. Yeah, and the, the variance like 250. So. What do we got for number wow. five, well, bro? Yeah, we had 623 sales for a total of 47,560. This is the Sarah Pacelli second print variant of Ultimate Fallout. If you see any of these, just grab them. 
Yep. Yeah. It's it's yep. just no it's just a no brainer at this point. That I mean, white we've covers seen, so tough though. Yeah, I mean, white. You know why? Black covers are tough because you can see the creases in it. On a white cover, you cannot see the spine ticks on it. You know, that's what the tricky thing is. Almost on a white cover, I would I'll give I'll tell you this trick. Run your fingers across the spine. I know that sounds kind of nasty, but <laughs> you can feel like the indentation or like that static book where it's worth more bagged than it is mm-hmm. unbagged. If you feel you push your fingers across the spine, you can actually feel if it has ticks or not. So that's a good way to tell on a white cover if you're like half blind. Uh, I, you know, I like it, to lick it. So I got to yeah. really feel you the do book. That too. <laughs> uh, that too. Yeah. That's how you feel the book. Right? That's where you get your D- your DNA logged on to CGC. It's been licked by <laughs> Matt. <laughs> been licked by Matt and sold too. Yeah, Speaking of which, number six on the right. list. Coming up at number six, we've got Captain Marvel. Oh, wow. Number 17, second print from 2013. There were 23 units sold in the secondary market in 2020 for a total Sales value of $37,025. That's shocking. This is our first mention of Kamala Khan in this list, I do believe. Well, she had a late start, right? So yeah, she, yeah. she's always been one of the, I mean, people have been buying her for, she was rumored to appear, what, a year and a half, two years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, so people have been steadily buying her. It wasn't until the Investor Summit when it just went crazy. And by that point, prices were already too high and inventory was too low. So and was there was the, the leaked set photo of the girl dressed as Captain Marvel for Halloween. For right. The, uh, <laughs> so, so sometimes it just takes a set photo to leak for people to just go crazy and buy up markets. But I'm surprised this is the first one that we appeared on the list. But Like only 23 enough. copies sold last year. That means there's not many coming to market. Exactly. Uh, they're all gone. People bought them up just like this one. All new Marvel now when it comes in at number seven, the point one. Second print variant. It's it's amazing to me that there was even multiple prints of these Marvel Point Ones, but total units sold 44,000, of them for total sales value of eighteen thousand five hundred six copies. I do believe Crazy. this is the first cameo or first first uh, full appearance. It's the first full appearance of um, Kamala. Ka- Kamala Khan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Point One was like a a book of like uh, multiple preview stories, right? Yeah. The best way of putting it. So at least we don't have to have that debate. All right, well, that, that is, had a thousand over a thousand dollars in nine point eight. So yeah, it's Kamala Khan is it's anything Marvel, but this one I love this oh, one. This one's weird. <laughs> Spider Man yeah. twenty ninety nine fans. This is volume one number one. This is the toy pit, toy biz second print white variant. Uh, hard nine, to find. Yeah, definitely hard to find. I've never seen it. This is the first time I've seen this book. Oh really? Oh, yeah. I love this book. Um. 49 units and it was $15,597. Yeah, this book is brutal to find in decent grade. I have my copy and I just sent it in and I just got the grade back and it's a 9.4. Despite, like, the, despite the tongue marks. Right, despite, <laughs> with, the, with the tongue marks. And, and that was me scrambling to find the best copy I could and that was the best copy I could find. You know? All right. All right, is everybody still with us in the live chat? Man, we're going on this end of year, boys. We hey, we gotta we gotta send off 2020 with a bang. And speaking mm-hmm. of bangs, what do we got for number nine? Man. All right, coming in at number nine, we've got Venom number four, the Ryan Stegman third print, originally originally published in 2018. There were 167 of these, and I've never even seen it before. Sold in the secondary market for a total value of fifteen thousand. Four hundred and seventy-one. I think this was the first sword, the Necro sword on the cover. 
is, yeah. is this That's a Spider-Man homage? Is that that? Uh, it Spider-Man looks like it. It looks Spider-Man? like Amazing Spider-Man 300 with that yeah. weird anatomical uh, pose that nobody can do in real life. But yeah, <laughs> broken arm kind of pose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you almost don't know, don't know what you're looking at. But exactly, yeah, it's a little. I mean, I, people like Ryan Stegman's art. I think it's a little bit too cartoony on his internal pages. But that that's just me. But it, it seems like unrefined Todd McFarlane art. Is if if there's if you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about when you look at Todd McFarlane internal pages. But you guys dig it. Uh, number ten, man. Edge of Spider-Verse, number two, the third print design variant. Unit sold 174 for $14,809. Total sales, man. This book, I'm telling you, if you have it, grab it. All these books, man. The early 2000s for Marvel, there's some great hunting in those years, man, because those those seeds are starting to sow, as they say now, man. So let's get to it. All right. Okay, let's get into the, the big. <laughs> this is the last, the last one. one. Man, because I'm four beers in, and once I open the floodgate, you guys are going to need at least like four Spider-Man or Star Wars books. You need to need four Star Wars books to hit to to ten that you write. We can pretty much much tear through this list, too. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, this is, let's get into the newest big stand high sellers. Amazing Spider-Man 300 newsstand, 167 units, sold 88,242 copies. You always said this is something every collector should have in their collection. And uh, well, this is like well, this is one of the few things where, after Stanley passed away and the signature market kind of dried up, but as far as value, I think Tom McFarlane is probably the one of the last character guys that I would have sign a book because he actually charges yeah. a premium to get a book signed, and he does them. The thing about signings is he does them once a year, and he only does them in his house. He will never do them at CGC again, from what I'm told, because he felt he was underpaid greatly because uh, typically he gets paid cash under the table. And the reason why his signing his signing got pushed back to January is because he didn't want to do it in December because he realized he had to pay taxes on it. So there you Ooh. go, boys. Go some, some behind the scenes for you. Well, Next up, hey. Spidey, Amazing Spider-Man 361 newsstand. I'll run through these, Ryan. Okay, since no uh, problem. <laughs> First appearance of Carnage. Total units sold 254 for total sales value of 53000 The Carnage news continues, and uh, everybody has this. You know, expect even more as soon as the trailer drops, which I gotta be, it's gotta be soon, right? I mean, Jesus, soon. Hey, can we clear something up for this next book? I know that, that this is considered the first appearance of Boba Fett, but isn't there like, is this or not first appearance of Yoda? Mm, no. Where's that 41? Can somebody in the chat help me? I know there's, there's a, a the, 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 part of the Star Wars when they first start adapting Empire Strikes. I, I don't think it, this is the first issue where they start doing Empire Strikes Back, is it? No. I'm going to live chat with you. But anyway, this is this is definitely from the Mandalorian. I mean, the Mandalorian blew up. I mean, Matt is killing almost, right now. What if the Mandalorian show sucked? <laughs> Just think about that. Think about what if the Mandalorian show sucked? Would any of these comics would have been affected the way you are? And you think about all the stuff with Ahsoka no. Tano and all the... No. Here's the crazy thing. When Ahsoka Tano first appeared on the big screen... The Clone Wars was actually the first two were shown as a movie on the big screen and everybody hated Ahsoka Tano. They thought she was a whiny little cartoon girl. Now, everybody's in love with her. But I guarantee you, go look at the uh, movie reviews for the Clone Wars before it came out on the, on the I think it was on Dis, uh, Disney XD or whatever. It appeared as a movie on the big screen, like an hour and a half movie. So, and her, she first appeared on the big screen. Then people couldn't stand her. They thought she well, was a whiny little teenage girl. <laughs> my my new uh, buying technique is to listen to the largest groan of a character from the comic book community, and then buy that book. 
Oh yeah. Because when they hate it a couple years later, you're going to love it. Right. They hate it as Bridger too. Now, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, right, Spider-Gwen so, Spider was a joke. You know, yeah. the people didn't think it would ever be anything. Speaking of which, Ultimate Fallout number four newsstand, 60 units sold for a total sales value of $41,733. Number five, look at that. Ooh, there you go. This Ooh, is a new one on the go. list. Batman like Adventures one. number 12, newsstand, 1993. So this is actually a rare newsstand copy. Uh, yep. The direct market writer was around 90% of the market at that time. The, the newsstand market was about 10% of the time. So this is one that people were really looking for. 39 units sold for $33,672. The first appearance of Harley Quinn. Period. Big, big, big 9-8 sold this October, uh, October 2020 for uh, $4,700. Wow. Damn. I, yeah, I, just still, I still think that's undervalued, to be honest with you. I think so, too. For Harley? Yeah. Yeah, I think the the Birds of Prey movie soured people on what they thought. You well, know, hardly, you let, know. I think when uh, Suicide Squad was coming out, it got huge. It was almost yeah. up there with uh, Deadpool, I think. I mean, we talked about the... it. Oh, sorry. Go for no, it. go ahead. Uh, Bat, you, know, you guys covered it a couple weeks ago, but Batman almost got him. That children's book was... Oh, yeah. You know, People are now kind of calling it the first Harley, you know, and it's, you know. I've seen other, and I've recently just seen other people posting about these children books now. That, I mean, I guess once CDC starts grading them, it becomes a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a yeah but it's not a comic. Anything that CDC will, so I'm going to go and look out for the first musical posters of these characters. So <laughs> right. I, I think they're great music posters too. I'm going to get a cereal box or something. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right. Speaking of which, New Mutants 98, this is a rare new stand as well. Came out in 1991, 86 units sold for a total sales, $29,302. So anything past 90s, if you can find new stand, there's gold in them heroes. This right there. is not that rare of a newsstand, but it's still pretty cool. Amazing Spider-Man volume number one, number 252. This had a huge print run. Huge print run. This was obviously the new Black Suit Spidey. I remember when this came out, this made mainstream media. This is how big it, the news was because Spider-Man hadn't changed for decades. Hmm. 96 units sold. Total sales of $28,425. One of the most iconic covers in comic book history. Um, Black Suit Spidey. Recent rumors are that Black Suit Spidey will be back again in Spider-Man Three or Spider-Man Four, so that's why mm-hmm. this is coming back around again. Well, yeah, yeah. I talk about. I told my story. I bought mine at a gas station, a uh, liquor store. So there, you know, newsstand copies of this. One hundred twenty-five copies sold for twenty-one grand. That is crazy. Yeah. Can you just imagine the Spawn is a good movie? What will happen? Because from all initial. What I'm hearing is that Todd McFarlane is asking for help now with the screenplay because he's, he's thank God it. they should yeah. just do a series like they should just do a really? series. Not do I would it tell you what that HBO series is one of the best ever. Oh, it really it's, is. It, it still is. holds up too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Todd McFarlane used to creep the shit out of me when he came on my TV at midnight because he was like <laughs> purposely creepy, and I was like, oh. And to t- and to tie into that, there was a Best Buy exclusive steel tin. That was like when it first came out. I, I believe it was like what ninety, like two thousand or something. Yeah, like this what do they call steel box or what those steel box? It, it wasn't a steel box, but it was like a, it was one of the very early steel cases. Yeah. The, in, inside of it was a, a Spawn reprint comic, and Ooh. it's like a little little tiny uh, digest size, and that sells for about six hundred dollars raw. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna what? make my prediction for the year two thousand twenty five, man. That. Um, DVDs and Blu-rays will be collectibles because 
there are going to be less and less of them because people are just going to be ordering streaming services and they're just going to assume that they're going to stay in the streaming service forever and not going to buy. I mean, I mean, somebody should do a projected sales of what DVDs are as opposed to, you know, where who buys DVDs anymore when you just have them in the yeah, library. But are VHS is worth money. No. So no. why would DVDs be worth money? Uh, some, it depends. Higher quality? There were, they last longer. Like a lot of VHSs deteriorate pretty quickly. But and there's, some of the, yeah. and there's bonus features on DVDs, which you don't get on VHS. So basically yeah. extended copies, director's copies, the exterior copies of, yeah. I mean, there's a lot is of long form VHS DVDs. Is hot. And if you're uh, my neighbor, you can put them in your tree and scare away birds. <laughs> <laughs> the only, the only um, laser disc that I know is worth money are the original Star Wars laser disc because it's the original. Cut. And you can't it's even not. play them. And uh, Roger Rabbit is the only one you can see unedited. Yeah. So the, in the laser disc of Star Wars, you actually see Han shoot first. Remember, That's George right. Lucas tried to hide the fact first. that it was Han just shot. Han shot. He was the only one that yeah. shot. There was only one that shot. Fire, okay? There's no you can't first. shoot back when you're dead. <laughs> yeah. So number nine on the list again is this Star Wars 68 newsstand book, 1983. Once again, not a rare newsstand copy, just a rare book on overall in general. Uh, right. Sold 150 units, iconic. Um, Somewhat Boba Fett. Right, what, what are we at? What are we at, John? Before we seven, go to the next seven. We're at seven now. Oh, hey. oh! We had to end the list with this book by Star Wars. Hair oh, to the Empire. <laughs> newsstand, nineteen ninety-five, and I will say that a dark horse newsstand is even more rare because sure. normally DC and Marvel dominate. Who was at a liquor store saying? I need to get some of these here Dark Horse comics. You know, I need these at my 7-Eleven rack, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would challenge any of you. I mean, besides the spawn I found at a at a liquor store, I mean, I had never seen what a Dark Horse comic was until I went into a comic shop. But 67 units sold for this. Total sales value of 18663 Their first appearance of Thrawn and Mara Jade. The Damn. latest rumor to go around that's kind of funny is Robert Downey Jr. being Thrawn. In the, and that's like the latest rumor that's spiking the price on this. But way to end the year of 2020 on this book, right? Yeah, I mean, he just snuck nine. in. He literally just snuck in because I mean, when he appeared, I mean, there was such a like a huge burst of, um, of, of these books. He didn't even appear. It was just his name was no, dropped. Just his name was dropped. That's Whoa. the amazing part that it was just his name dropped. And, and that... So uh, <laughs> like that side, like, oh, there's another one. Yeah. No, this is the so this is this is the top ten of the top ten, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is so, a quick one. So this is our the what we do is basically the top ten of the top ten lists that we've been doing for the whole year. And of course, Ultimate Fallout appeared fifteen times on the top ten. Is that what we're saying? Yep. Exactly. So it appeared wow. for fifteen weeks, right? Fifteen no. different weeks throughout no. the year. Fifteen week. Oh wow. Yeah. So it, 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 it appeared fifteen different times during yeah, the year. Yeah. So it appeared fifteen different times on the top ten list. So it can be in number one with number ten. But how we always done the top ten is a book appears on number one on the list and it goes to number two, number three, number four. But the longer stays on the list kind of shows the legs that it has. When we say legs, on the collectors buying them up because eventually it's going to drop out of the top ten because there's no more copies left. So ultimate fallout number one is the winner of the most appearances on the top 10 list well, this year really by... miles morales and and both miles morales and punchline are the winners of 2020 in my opinion absolutely yeah, right. and that's yeah, why absolutely. you got number two ryan there you go yeah there you go nine times punchline showed up the year of the villain number three 
And go ahead. You can say, take this one. Punch line taking it at Batman 89, eight times at number three. Yeah. Punchline. And this is a surprising one. We already talked about it, but uh, we'll see if this is a complete whiff or not if Mega Red ever comes. But, you know, it was a. I guarantee you everybody has at least three copies in their long box by accident. You've bought a cop, you've bought a collection in the past years, and there was probably multiple right. copies that they just do in for you. So X-Men number one, why but, one more? But here's the what you need to read into this, right? He was rumored to be the first mutant into the MCU. If if this is just what one mutant can do, like oh imagine God, yeah. what's going to happen with all the different mutants that, that yeah. I mean, and, what, and we'll find out what the plural mutant is. Is it mutant tie? No, yeah. it's obviously no, no, mutants. No, no. <laughs> mutants. Yeah. All right. X, X number four is uh first appearance of Mega Red appears six times. What's next, Ryan? We got Carnage. We got that, that, that appears six times as well. Let there be Carnage is the name of the movie, so it better come. What do mm-hmm. we got next? All right, coming up at number six, we have Thor number five. That Black Winter appeared six times. That's amazing. Show. That I'm, you know, I remember when we were doing this list. I go, eventually, this book has to come off the list because we knew <laughs> the storyline was coming to an end. So number six, number seven, man, Spawn just is the book that keeps on living this year, man. Spawn number one appeared five times on the top ten. Ryan, what we got um, for number eight. Strange Academy number one. Go, this go is the Strange original Academy. cover. Yep. Yep. Five times. Five times. Nice. What do we got for number nine? All right. Coming in at number nine, the longest title of the show. Dark Knight, <laughs> Death Metal, Legends of the Dark Knights, number one, five times. That, was at, the, Robin that King. was at the height of the Robin King spectrum, really number nine. All right. And the last book, got to have Ronin on there. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the last Ronin, number one, appeared five times, which is an incredible feat for a niche book, I would say. An yeah. IDW book, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book, but it appeared so many times that now there's multiple printings on it. And there you go. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, man, that's a lot to read. Yeah, so, no, here, no. I'll, I'll sum it up. So like, there you what, go. <laughs> what, what was interesting about this year to last year? So we were actually starting to compile data to do a big whole COVID in the collector type article. And we got the data back, and prices were prices were almost the same that it was last year. Sales and prices were very similar to what they were last year to what they are this year. It's just everything shifted. If you remember 2019, you know a lot of those like when an independent film, or sorry, not an independent film, but but when an indie comic gets optioned, I mean there was one of those every week, right? And in 2020, we really didn't have many. There was just a handful. Um, there was slow development, slow uh, announcements, and it gave all these like Marvel staples and Star Wars books just room to just flourish, right? Yeah, and- I, I think 2020 will be the year where we really got people had a lot of time in their hands to speculate, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, yeah. Because of the lack of news, and we had comics stop publishing for basic or stop being shipped for a good two months. But and we yeah. also had comics that grew on their own volition not based on Correct. TV organically or not based yeah, on well, spec, like the robin cool king yep. and teenage mutant Ninja turtles would definitely fall into that category but as soon as dc fandom came out and the marvel earnings call and the mandalorian yo we made yeah, up for lost yeah. time i think on the back issue market it has been a wild I mean, ride you look at all these lists and it was like hand in hand um you know, content-based books and fan-driven books, just collector collector staples, right? People yeah. were buying into both, really putting money into books that they always wanted, right? Yeah, nostalgia. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it was an interesting year for sure. 
And we thought it was really like this massive number, but no, it was like, I think what was a 2019, it was 2.3 million sales. And this year was 2.4 million sales, but we, the overall price was 76 million last year and 75 million this year. But didn't you see a shift towards like independence in some of our categories? I seem to remember like there was some, um, maybe it was well, they were selling with COVID. They actually had their own logistics. So diamond like shutdown didn't affect them as much or. Well, yeah, like a lot of small publishers that we were talking to, they had their best year ever um, because they were selling stuff directly from their store and they weren't dealing with any middle. They land. filled the void basically yeah. that DC and Marvel and then DC split from diamond so they could start shipping before Marvel did. And we can, I mean, that's a whole nother show to talk about how a lot of retailers are upset about the whole uh, distribution methods that were split from Diamond and then how Diamond came back. But lo and hold, I mean, here we are. We survived another year that everybody said the comics community would collapse upon itself. And every year they're saying they're going to switch. It's still going strong, I mean. It did just fine. (laughs) I mean, Uh, this is proof to do exactly what it did in a pandemic, you know, like to have no shift in in sales at all like no shift in any change of price in your face mom and dad yeah (laughs) but you know in 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 some ways though i mean it's obviously some um shops that probably weren't well equipped or running with enough liquidity went out of business i mean and you know but the some shops they had you know the ability to sell curbside or do whatever to fight through it sell online and so i think in a lot of ways just in regular business sense people have realized okay what can I do from a, a, a retailer's perspective if something like this happens? I need to figure out methods of digital sales or we saw the what HBO Max, Disney Plus, where they said we got the streaming stuff. So whatever can't hit theaters, we could at least try to salvage into this small what they did with Mulan, yeah. uh, what they're doing, what they did with Wonder Woman and HBO Max. So I think comic book retailers realize, hey, if I ever shut down, I got to figure out a way I can mail people books or do some type of curbside pickup. So I think the market is going to readjust itself for long term, hopefully that it can uh, hold off on this. And uh, we will be here as well as Matt and John from cover price. Any last words, guys? Can I, can no, I do thank quick, you. Uh, just a quick thing for uh, just what we're doing with cover price for 2021. Uh, the big thing that's going to happen in about two to three weeks is we are updating our averages, our graded and raw averages. Um, so um, last year and the year before we, I mean, all of our uh, graded averages are based on kind of like the entire history of data that we have. We are now going to make it so that it's only related to the last four like sales for each comic and then weighted for recency. Cause we really want to capture the uh, recent kind of trend. So uh, it's going to so, give more of a, a now average instead of an overall yeah. average. So which... out, and we're connecting a CGC census in a, in a oh, few months. Nice. Yeah, nice. So yeah. kind of, you're going to be able to go in there and see that. Um, also the entire collection section is currently being redesigned, updated with a ton of cool stuff that I, I get excited about, like just like, designing and playing around with so look forward to that yeah Very now cool. next week's show i'm actually going to show people how to add the grades on a raw book because I, I don't think i've ever i showed them how to do it on a on a cgc book but i'm going to tell you uh, how you can say your book is a raw 9.2 9.0 so on and so forth so uh and we'll, i'll show that to them next week uh if you have any questions hit up john or if you have a clc database john's email is in the live chat john at coverprice.com unfortunately he's single lady so don't try to send him any sexy pictures of yourselves <laughs> no, uh, he, just cele- he just celebrated his anniversary yeah there you yeah, go yeah, not too late ladies he's already taken <laughs> there's no coming back from that so uh 
that was the year 2020, man. Uh, thank you to John year. and Matt for joining us. We'll be back on Tuesday. This is I'm gonna take a whole two days to recover from this show. It but thank you, that, man. There's been at least 100 of you guys have been watching for a good two hours. Thank you for show. covering it too. It was a lot, but I think it, it was, was like, a lot. You, you <laughs> can't see this anywhere else, right? That's the thing. I, you know what? That's what was funny. I was I was saying, hey John, there's gonna be graphics for the show. <laughs> You're like, there's like 110. <laughs> 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 Going on vacation, no. <laughs> All right, man. But hey, uh, any last words, JB? Where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me at my channel. I've dropped the link a couple times, Discovery Bay Comics. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to be entering, like I mentioned, there's a video. I'm going to show you the quick thumbnail here. I'm entering my, uh, my 30. I only have 30 graded comic books, but I entered them into the Cover Price app. And if you want to see what that total value is, check out tomorrow's video. It should be dropping around 4 p.m. Cool. Right. Cool. You're slacking only 30. Come on, get it. Buy some more of those slabs. Ryan, any last words? I'm definitely slacking. I got a bunch of books I need to add in there. Um, no, I had a blast. It was it was fun. Great list, fellas. Good to see you, everybody. Good to see I hope, you guys. I hope your 2021 is a solid year. It's already yeah, interesting for sure. <laughs> oh, I can already uh I can already guess on what's gonna happen on this Tuesday show. I have a feeling things are gonna get really high oh. on people. Little, uh, is that a shadow? good segue? No, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, from the guy, thank you to Matt and John from Cover Price, JB for everybody, Dark Side Jedi. This is TiVo. Keep digging in them long boxes. We'll see you Tuesday for the Cover Price Top 10. Until then, keep peace, stay healthy, and uh, I'm going to eat. I get yeah. emotional yeah. blood sugar levels or something, man. To... Peace out, everybody. Keep digging in them long boxes. Bye, guys. Oh, that the Lord is up there. Um, What's in the box?